0: This is Naoki Yoshida. This
1: is Fern Hall.
0: And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. The Aetherite Radio. Here we go.
2: Hello and welcome to Aetherite Radio. We are Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. And you might notice that today our arrangement is a little bit different. We are missing our beloved fusion, x but I'll try. I'll try to fill those those giant good guy shoes. I'm Zanidra. My co-hosts are Aldo. You know, say hello. You got to do the thing I always oh. do. You got. Come on,
3: Aldo. You know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And what? Rook. Hi. Was that good, then? Did that? Yes. Well, did you feel you. like Appreciate. that was okay? Yeah, I know you're always got on you. board
2: with me with the silly mm-hmm. hellos. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Look, our
3: I... no. Go ahead.
1: No, I just have to be that, that holdout for fusion, you know?
2: That's fine. That's fair. <laughs> Our lovely guests are Sam and Lithy. Thank you guys so much for joining us to talk about... I don't want to say it wrong. World first race. The
3: first race of the world to world race of first. To the first That's of it. it. That's probably right. Mm-hmm. By Mog Talk. That's, That's Mog pretty talk.
0: much right, yeah. You, you pretty much got it. Nailed it. on the head. Bye. Look at that.
3: What? A little,
4: a little Nice shirt, nice shirt.
3: <laughs> was that brought yeah, to you to by, what were you going to say there, Zed? Oh, uh, by uh, talk. <laughs> I thought you were going to say pilk. I thought you no. were going straight for the no. pilk. I would never. Right no. Off
5: the no, they have to pay okay. us no,
1: for no, that. No no no. <laughs> no, no, no. No free advertisement. you got to pay me.
2: Says <laughs> <laughs> so the guy who just lifted up his shirt, like, look, it's talk <laughs> 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 Ah. Anyway, uh, if you haven't figured it out, we're going to talk about the world race today. Well, it's the fourteen one, one anyway. The one that we care about over here the, the mm-hmm. most, I say, looking at other people who actually care about other races. But it's well, fine. You can care about them equally if you want to. <laughs> 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 uh, first, before we do that, we do have a little bit of news. Sometimes news happens for us, for you, for everybody. Uh, Valentine's Day. I... I'm going to tangent in the news immediately. How do you guys say this, Valentine's Day? Valention, is how I say it usually.
0: Mm-hmm. Valentine. Okay. Wow, that's way different than me. I, yeah. I've been calling it
4: Valentine one. Okay. Valentine. I-
5: Valention. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm kidding. Then again, you also eat burgers without onions, Sam. So don't, and what's uh, wrong with that?
3: 100%. That's a
4: lot wrong with that.
5: <laughs> no i i was
2: witness to a shout conversation where there were at least three different ways to say it and i was like i never thought of it that
5: way right. someone
2: said uh valentian hmm. there was like i can't remember the other word but it was like a word that they compared it to that they wanted to say like valentione i
3: mean yeah if you're going italian valentione
2: would probably yeah. be the way to do it yeah by the way i say valentian so that's what you guys get Valentine's Day has started already. It started February 1st, and it goes until the 15th. So you get one more day after actually actual Valentine's Day. Um, mm. It's in Ye old Gradania at Makedo's Amphitheater, as per the norm. Um, and you go and you talk to Lisette de Valentione. Uh, apparently, we're getting it multiple ways. Uh, <laughs> as per the norm. She, I'm not going to tell you the quest. That's terrible. Never mind. But she will give you a cute-ass outfit. It's very cute, mm. you guys. <laughs>
3: It makes you kind of look like a walking chocolate,
2: I think, anyway. Yeah.
3: and It uh, is gender locked. And the yes. hats don't work on Viera. Sorry, yes. I jumped to your next point. But <laughs> as totally I thought fine. of it, I was like, oh, it is so cute. Yeah. But right now, there are some limitations on it. Yes. Or Viera or Hrothgar. It's mm-hmm. a, a bit weird. You will see after you do the quest that it is gender locked.
2: But you can buy the other one. So, whichever yeah. uh, represented gender your character is, you get that chest. And then when you go to the. Uh, little vendor guy, you can buy the Eat Chocolate emote, which is super cute,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, Chocolate Tables. They're like big chocolate heart tables. Don't <laughs> eat those. And you can also <laughs> buy the other gender-locked outfit. So, theoretically, in a year, when they ungender lock that, you'll be able <laughs> to wear both, so don't miss out. Don't give Yoshi P $10 when you could get it now for free. Sorry, Yoshi P. Mm-hmm. I think that's all you get from here. Uh, you can get the Half Heart fireworks, too, if those are a thing you like. Um, that is it for Valentin's day. This is not for some of us, but I know that we have some EU listeners. So, just so you guys know, uh, the Unending Journey, which is the EU Community Team show, will happen. I think one, the French one, happened the second. The German one was the. It will happen on the ninth, and the the English one will happen on the tenth. And they are going to do new content, of course, but they have some giveaways for you guys, including carbuncle slippers, one of the snowman ear muffy hat things, which is super cute, and an aetherite lamp, which I would love to get my hands on. Those don't exist anymore. How do they have
5: them? Mm -hmm.
4: Have one here.
3: (sighs) What? Lucky ducky. Okay, Lithy. Mm -hmm. Well, wow, the rest of us aren't cool enough to have one, but... (laughs)
4: Frigging about it! Kind of yeah, I, got the, I got this. I got this wonderful, massive box of just Square Enix goodies of fourteen goodies. It Was lovely.
3: Well, There's a lot it, of stuff in there. That's that's great. I'm happy for you. We're so happy for you.
5: <laughs>
2: uh, it's a very Sorry. very cool thing. So if you are eligible, check it out. Maybe win yourself some needle stuffs. And that is pretty much it for news. Other than. The World Race Itself, which is the rest of the show. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I have some some dumb titles in our outline, so I've distracted myself. <laughs> this one is, but there's a super cool race, though. And it reminds <laughs> me to to introduce our beautiful guests, and Sam. Um, I'm pretty much going to hand it over to uh, Rook and you guys, because you're way more informed than me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I gotta take it away? Ah, oh, fine, jeez, having flashbacks, making us work again, like we did during the race, fine, well, no, no, no. Look, like, I can ask you some questions, I can ask you some questions, That's I can do that for you.
2: True. I can do that for you.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, I'm happy, I'm happy to take it away from here. I mean, I know both of you as mm. guests, and we're obviously super happy. We've had Lithium before, but <laughs> I'm super happy to have you join us, Sam. You haven't been on Aetherite Radio before, correct?
0: Correct. This is the first time that I've been asked to come on, and I was more than happy to be a part of it, especially after all of the craziness that happened last week. How could I pass up on this opportunity? How could I pass up on a chance to hang out with everyone again?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Just an excuse for us all to hang out and then share with all of you, the community, about the ridiculous things that happened in case you missed them. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Sam, since we were just chatting a little bit, do you want to give everybody a little bit of an intro about yourself, your kind of history yeah. with casting and the race?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm Sam Talks. I've been a content creator for the past... Sorry, my body's like creaking at the sound of this, but I've been doing it for the past 11 years now. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) a long time. (laughs) So I only recently just started getting into casting back in December of 2021. Actually, Lithy was one of my first gigs that I worked with was with Lithy, and it was a really great experience. And since then, it's just been... That was the league tournament the logan's hmm. league friendly oh,
4: tournament. oh right i completely yeah. forgot that we
0: did that yeah <laughs> yeah he forgot about it but i could i remember you know because it's special to me but, oh. uh, that was the that was one of my very first casting experiences and to be able to do it with someone as amazing as lithy really opened my eyes up and then a couple of weeks later lithy was like hey sam you want to be a part of the final fantasy 14 world race for charity this was like i think the first tier of pandemonium savage so, uh, I was freaking out personally on the inside because I was like the biggest production today because everything up till then was like with friends and at max fifty viewers and then here mm-hmm. I am thrown to the deep end with like <laughs> I think at the time I think we peaked at like fifteen thousand and mm-hmm. so I was like shaking I was so nervous That's but it, it but at that point I was like oh my gosh I love this job I love doing this I love hosting I love casting and so now since then I've been a part of I've hosted casted for eight different titles. Overwatch, Valorant are some of the main ones that I like to do. World of Warcraft as well. And then obviously Final Fantasy XIV. It's been a journey. It's been an adventure. And I've loved it. Loved it. Loved it.
3: I honestly have loved seeing you take your journey one. I mean, whether or not we're on cast together, I'm just always over there like Sam Fangirl in the corner. Like, you guys, oh my gosh, you're doing amazing. (laughs) Um, You bring so much passion and energy, honestly. It's infectious, and I feel so lucky that that first cast, major cast that you did with Pandemonium, was also my first cast, and that was when we did Scrape Squad, and mm. I directly blame Lithy for getting so many of us into casting just straight up, which is, I think, both your gift and maybe your curse that you just, like... Are so encouraging of other people and uplift them, but you also deserve to talk about yourself and all your achievements. So, Lithi, would you like to give everybody a little bit of an introduction to yourself and what you do, what you did for the race to World First, etc.? And how you ruin lives. Yeah, and how you <laughs> ruin and make lives. You make lives much better. just. <laughs>
4: um, how do I ruin lives? Uh, I invite people to play D anD D sometimes. Uh, oh, outside no. of that, uh, well, I'm
2: looking at you, all, yeah, you know?
4: I. I am. I am part of the of the uh, team currently organizing the Mock Talk World Race. Um, you could you could basically call it uh, Frosty's right hand man, so to say. Um, more recently, especially for this one, I'm mostly doing talent management and um, making sure that production, etc., is uh, prepared and ready for everything. But outside of that, well, same as Sam, I'm. I'm l- l- more of an eSports caster on the pura side than an actual content creator. I'm too lazy for content. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do shoutcasting uh, mainly play-by-play in different games, uh, world, of or- world of Warcraft uh, in particular, but also lots of League of Legends and Valorant. Um, I've covered multiple world championships in multiple games, which is really fun and... Uh, yeah away. just <laughs> <laughs> i'll try i'll try Sam. <laughs> and yeah no in general um just in general i have a lot of fun casting yelling at my screen and hanging out with awesome people so yeah,
2: yeah. i super appreciate and vibe with your lazy honesty that's great mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
4: it's not it's not good but it works for me <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: i mean honestly it's been so much fun and uh lithi if any of you don't know is just one of the most hardworking, kindest most uplifting wonderful human beings so i'm really glad really glad that one we became friends oh. and two no i'm not gonna stop because you have said nice Ooh. things about me and embarrassed me Ooh. publicly recently <laughs> so it's coming right back at you you beautiful oh, no. human being Turn about vengeance. Soft soft vengeance, yeah. (laughs) Kind (laughs) vengeance. Um, Seriously, I think a lot of us would not have had the opportunities that we have without... Lithy reaching out or, you know, looking for talent beyond even just the regular scope and um, encouraging people to get into it. So we really appreciate that. Um, Now, this is kind of more of a general question for everybody now that we're Mm -hmm. actually sort of diving into the race itself. And you all know a little bit about Sam and Lithy and their involvement in it for anybody who maybe didn't catch all of it or wasn't able to watch 24-7 like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. But Uh, uh, I know. (laughs) but um, Ultimates. Right. So the ultimate world race, I think it is something that is special and different than even the other world races that we get to witness. So I thought we could open things up by just discussing what do we think defines. An ultimate, like, why do we think these fights are of this different caliber? What do we think of when we think of an ultimate fight in 14? And of course, as they've released more of them, we're starting to build a picture, right? So, like, difficulty, spe- uh, spectacle, length, hidden gimmicks, right? We've seen all sorts of things, but I'm curious for all of you, what do you think defines an ultimate? Does everybody squint mm-hmm. like,
4: mm-hmm. um. <laughs> I'll 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 start I'll start with the very simple just straight up definition. Um, well, it's a single boss raid encounter mm. in Final Fantasy w- with an average fight length of roughly eighteen minutes. Um, it revo- heavily revolves around <laughs> a alternate what if storytelling scenario of a. Raid encounter or a series of raid encounters, or just a retelling of a certain storyline within the game that has happened in the past. So we've had, we've had UCOB, we've had UWU, we've had, um, well, Dragon Song, um, mm. T, and yet, uh, uh, most recently, uh, the Omega Ultimate. And all of those are, well, either big store, big important storylines within the games, um, uh, a combination of multiple bosses, be it savage raid or just general raid encounters or raid tiers or just a collection of x trials for example and basically pump those up to 11 bring in the Mm. most important mechanics out of those fights and make them really damn hard
1: (laughs) yeah right exactly and you know i think the fight length to me is one of the things that that really stand out Right, because, you know, you have some WoW fights that are pretty long. I, I can remember, His like, Kael'thas, Anixia, <laughs> like, old-school stuff. But, man, ultimates Ooh. are just a marathon. To,
0: to be fair, the most one of the most recent fights in WoW, uh, Sylvanas? A couple of seasons. Mm, yeah, Sylvanas. She was a 21-minute tw- yeah. fight.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. gosh, and I didn't realize she no, came no, in that long.
4: Yeah, yeah she was a long Savannah's, fight. No, Sylvanas was 14 minutes. I thought it was twenty-one, <laughs> but I might be wrong about that. It's it's a long time. I'm, I'm checking. Ridiculous. I'm checking this right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought Let's, it was I an mean, artist. Or Anduin was short.
3: I <laughs> mean, Artis. look, my girl deserves twenty-one minutes. Okay. Yeah, she. She's, she's been treated so poorly. Oh, you're she Doesn't
1: even
4: deserve five minutes. Oh, here we go.
3: Get out. Dang. You. Get that's out. the
2: show. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>
5: I'm just everyone. gonna,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah average, average fight length be, for yeah. Savannah's was uh 14 minutes, okay. 14. okay. okay
3: I thought yeah. there
1: was a 21 in the I mean team, I I hope. but yeah, it's just the mechanical intensity for that long with your heavily choreographed dance fights. It's just, it's, it's a different, it's a different beast altogether. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It really yeah. is. I mean, you
0: know, watching it a couple of times now the ultimates have just been like oh my goodness gracious because you had to go through this entire marathon run through of a fight that with one mistake you're done right That's you're done it. yeah. it's over it's it you got to start again you have to because then you're not going to meet dps checks in like phase four if you die in phase one so it, it all just <laughs> continues to compound, compound, compound. And then there's also the puzzle-solving aspect mm. of the Ultimates that I think is really fun as well. It's like trying to figure out in theory craft, what is going on? Why is this killing us the second we take one single breath? And how do we fix it?
3: Yeah, it, it, I honestly... I feel like that's become one of the biggest defining factors of an Ultimate for me, at least from perhaps a viewer standpoint or from a race standpoint. Because... I mean, while the fights are really difficult, you know, we even saw recently with, like, P-8-S that the first half of that fight is, I mean, oh my gosh, it is a tough, tough, tough opener. And that's, from Mm -hmm. what I've heard, the hardest part of the fight, which is great because, you know. It was
4: so hard, they actually nerfed it. I mm -hmm. think this was the first Final Fantasy XIV boss
1: they've nerfed in forever.
5: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. since,
1: like, early Stormblood or late Heavensward, yeah. Yeah.
3: So, like, you get those moments even in Savage where I think that complex difficulty, Lights Rampant, comes to mind as mm-hmm. well. You get these almost on par with Ultimate esque mechanics, right? <laughs> so while the difficulty is definitely there, and I do think, I agree with Sam, I mean, this takes it to a whole new level in Ultimate. Oftentimes in raids, you think, oh yeah, if somebody makes a mistake, you're probably going to die. Why is it different in Ultimate? But then you suddenly start to realize just how much leeway there actually mm-hmm. is in mm-hmm. all the other I content. I was going to say,
2: like, if, if you do any Savage raiding, it feels like oftentimes when you hit a certain point and you're not at a certain DPS uh, amount or... You've died to a mechanic. You're like, ah, might as well just wipe and start again. But especially as you get the gear and get further into the tier, it becomes less necessary. So it's, it's nothing in the ultimate, like probably ever.
3: Yeah, in ultimate, it seriously is. One person goofs one thing or they misuse a cooldown and you're probably going to die. That's it. Oh. That's the yeah. end. You're going to have to wipe this. It's going to be over. And it does go for a long time. So the mm. difficulty so is there. Would but you say, I was- Rook, that...
2: Uh, an ultimate fight is, like, lights rampant, lights rampant, lights rampant, lights rampant, lights rampant the whole way through?
3: Like, is, is that how we're saying? Body Good check. question. Constant yeah. body
5: check. Constant it's body it. <laughs> check.
3: It's, like, a string of lights light rampant with a whole bunch of that final part of P8S in there where it's, like, oh, you're going to get either super dog or super snake and you best hold onto your butt because suffering is definitely going to happen either way. So.
4: While you are doing lights rampant and you have to meet the DPS check. Yes.
3: yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the difficulty is there for sure, but, I mean, is that in and of itself something that is completely and utterly defining compared to other fights in the game? I mean, yeah, sure, but at the same time, I think what really, to me, stands out with Ultimates, it's that gimmick. It's mm. this thing that you will never see them do in any other piece of content. It's the riddle. It's the, oh my gosh, we have been progging this for two days or however long it's been, and we just now realize that you have to fail mechanics back mm. in this phase so that you can survive in the future. Yeah. Or there's a dumb cat in the arena and <laughs> we all just kept thinking, oh, it's like just a cat. But actually, it wasn't just a cat, because yeah. of course it wasn't. Of course it wasn't, Mr. Ozma. Yeah. So you have uh, to go over and use the cat to do mechanics or you know whatever it is because to me i think even as a viewer as a caster um or that like alternate timeline save horchefont and dsr Mm -hmm. to me i think that's become one of the major defining factors now does every ultimate have to have one of those no but will you ever see something like that in anything outside of ultimate no and i love it Mm -hmm. i mean to an extent in our storyline proper
2: and even in previous savages they do play with some timey-wimey stuff so it's not that strange but I just I freaking love it I love seeing a, a different way for the tale to be told and I love them reaching directly into my chest and pulling out my heart with a hard mechanic that also makes me cry about Harchifon.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's cool that's just a double whammy yes
4: at least they yeah. gave you the checkpoint after he died
3: <laughs> yeah at least mm-hmm yeah
4: yeah
5: yeah
3: oh mm-hmm. yes that checkpoint which then led to so much discussion and controversy about whether or not checkpoints should exist in something yeah. like ultimate whether or not all ultimates would now have checkpoints <laughs> whether well, we the same answer. all the time
0: yeah we we do have, yeah we definitely got that answer <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> yeah so Lithi, i i wanted to ask um but i mean of course we can all talk about this with our own experience how many ultimates have you covered with Mogtalk? Like, how far back were they doing these and broadcasting them?
4: Same number as you guys. Um, I've done two ultimates. I've done uh, DSR and uh, top. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've joined the Mogtalk broadcast team just as a flat-out caster uh, for the uh, first Eden... No. No, the, The last Eden tier? I
1: uh, promise. Yeah,
4: I think it. Yeah. I think it was the the last Eden tier because um, I I do remember the uh, the second Eden tier with uh, Shiva was being covered on the Method channel back then. So that's how I mm-hmm. even got got my attention uh, on the on the World Race in the first place. And afterwards, I hit up Frosty and uh, for the for the last Eden uh, Savage race, I uh, was brought in as a caster and from there stuck around so yeah it's just those two ultimates since then t was a little bit before that if i remember correctly Mm
3: -hmm. so yeah yeah and sam Um, you started back in pandemonium but you've cast all the 14 like major savage ultimate since then right
0: yep every single one for some reason lithy keeps inviting me back i don't know why uh but yeah someone has to take some hours man i guess so (laughs) (laughs) And I'm happy to fill those hours. The uh, but yeah, I've been a part of it ever since last year, and I've loved every single time, every single one of them.
3: Yeah, I think I've been a part of all of the events too recently minus the one but this was a much smaller event the the one for savage with the criterion dungeon oh, so I, I didn't i didn't cast that one i don't actually know was that a big cast i actually don't even remember cuz i, I, I think that
4: it. was only frosty sitting in his yeah. uh, in his living room just uh <laughs> <looking> at streams
3: <laughs> i think so too i think so uh, too so
4: just what frosty does all the time
3: <laughs> he's just
2: addicted <Yeah>. <laughs> to it <laughs> he's like let's see if there's anybody doing this can i make this into something i'm not bored now yay
4: no, oh. was it, what I, th- I think it was more along the lines of everyone begging Frosty to do something, and ultimately ultimately he was like, okay,
5: okay, All I'm right. gonna do it. Just-
3: <laughs> that sounds like Frosty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Frosty's always... It's so funny to me how much okay. Frosty, I think, underestimates a lot of time, not only the success of things that he does, because he's he seems like very much a perfectionist. Right? You know, he wants mm-hmm. everything yeah. to be just right. He talks about it himself. And he always seems to underestimate whether or not he could live up to the ideal of it in something. And literally the ideal for much of the community, myself included, is just like, just like, turn it on and we'll all hang yeah. out. Like, exactly. we'll watch it. let do it. You can, I mean, look, we can make it bigger and better than ever. But I mean, the fact that somebody is even willing to take that on, let alone with all the support and help from everybody else and make it something that's really special, right? I yeah. mean, it's amazing, and it's been it, so yeah. cool to be a part of. Um, it takes
1: that one person, that one group to start it, and then there's a foundation to build on, and that's what we're seeing, and it's it's amazing to see.
3: Yeah, for sure. I, With that in mind, I wanted to ask, Lithi specifically about ultimates, right? So the mm-hmm. ultimate uh, world race versus sort of scheduling, structuring, or um, coordinating Savage... World races. I mean, do you feel like it's a very different beast? We obviously had a lot of people asking, you know, why is it only six days or why is this or, you know, those sorts of things. Like, I was wondering if you could give us a little bit more insight into that kind of coordination behind the scenes and how an ultimate is a very different thing from even the other kinds of content we might cast in the game.
4: Mm. So. The most obvious thing, obviously, is the length of the progression. Uh, Ultimate, well, we were expecting to get a clear within six days, but we were also keeping in mind that it might not be enough. And, well, as you guys saw, it was not enough. It went for, I think, eight or nine days before we got a world first clear, and the world first on stream was after 10 days or something, Mm -hmm. I think. So it was pretty intense. And that's obviously the first uh, challenge, See what resources you can allocate. Um, how long can you actually have the stream running? Do you have the enough casters to cover all these hours? Um, what do you do with that? And of course, you always need to consider. Mock Talk is currently a charity production, and we do not have a massive budget that uh, we can just uh, fling around and keep a production team running the whole stream twenty four seven for two weeks in a row, like a World of Warcraft World First Race. Just not possible for us. So. We need to work with the resources that we have and we were very lucky with Energy Productions uh, who stepped in and were incredibly willing to help us uh, that we actually could do the six days and then, of course, all the casters coming on and donating their time and just covering as much as possible, really, I think. With the motivation the team had, we could have done 24 hours casting the whole six days through, probably, but uh, it's
1: a good thing that we didn't, I think.
2: I'm glad Uh, that you guys got to sleep. (laughs)
1: Me too. I would have been there for that unhinged stream, though. That would have been (laughs) so... I mean, it was already unhinged, but it would have been... I was about to say, yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah, the levels of uh, unhinged depravity that I think Uh would happen with all of us sleep-deprived six days in...
5: Yep. Mm. I
3: mean, it's honestly startling to me because I don't think until I started casting that I realized just how exhausted you do get doing it. I mean, and that's yes. not to say that it doesn't give you a wild amount of energy, but it's almost like you're riding this high the whole time. And then when you're not in front of the cameras or you like step away for five seconds, you're just like, Hoo!
5: My God You're you're so
3: tired because you realize that for, you know, however long it is, um, as a caster at least, right? I think one of the biggest things I've learned in the last year is I've been able to do more events and work on Mm -hmm. is how much work happens when the cameras aren't on, right? Like if you wanna be on top of it as a host or a caster, that means Mm -hmm. that like You have to have I have spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. I have documents. I make notes. Uh, I'm uh, going through uh, trying to review all the footage. Like, did we learn anything major about the mechanics? What team is where? What's going on? What has everybody been saying? What are the jokes from today? Okay. Mm -hmm. Pilk, it's (laughs) still pilk. Fine. All right. How'd that happen? (laughs) Just like All on
0: one monitor, Rook. How do you do this?
3: I don't get it. I mean look, it's It's a a big monitor. (laughs) It's well it's not actually. Oh no. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> it's not even like a big one. It's just, Do it's just have, like, like post
1: it notes all on the margin of it, or no?
3: i i just i honestly what i do is i have up like i said i have different windows that have collections of tabs so i'll Mm -hmm. group them so on one side i'll have um technical stuff and shout out stuff so like sponsor stuff or analysis of mechanics so that as i'm speaking about it and my brain's just like running i can make sure that i'm saying the correct things and then on the other side i'll have the chat and i'll have the kind of like I don't know, I'm going to call them softer elements of the race, like our charity shoutouts and stuff like that. So I have both of those windows kind of compressed and I put them on either side and then I stick out of the bottom, the production with all the screens and the discord so that then I can click on it or keep an eye on like, (laughs) you know, if I've been pinged or what the production window, I mean, hopefully I won't have to do this forever. But Mm -hmm. all of this to say, there's so much to juggle Mm -hmm. that honestly, it's funny because I think you think six days isn't much, but from the standpoint of just like massive coordination, day six, I was like, "Oh, this has been amazing." But boy, mm-hmm. also, I want to sleep mm-hmm. for five years.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm still recovering and trying to fix my sleep schedule from the race. It's. Uh, I can definitely feel that I'm getting old, and I mean, there's, that is really just the, the you... time aspect, right, and the hours. When did you go to bed? This morning,
0: with Oh no!
4: I don't. I don't talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about it. <laughs> no. Um, now but I on feel top guilty. That,
5: <laughs> yeah, don't please don't. <laughs> that is
4: completely my fault. Um, and on top of that, you, uh, of course, the the time aspect and the resources. You also have to consider. Okay, um, we got to talk about broadcast flow. Um, w- how is the week going to look? Day one, obviously, massive influx of just impressions and people progging we have the most teams streaming the most people streaming the most progression being made um so how you structure day one is completely different from how you structure day five and day six when things obviously don't come to a grinding halt but it is pretty close to that since everyone will be stuck on well p5 second trio or first trio for forever you barely are gonna see any prog the whole day through so what do you do do you how do you how do you wind down the broadcast a little bit more to keep it still interesting but also not repetitive and this, th- that is where one of the main complaints from the five minutes I'm tabbing in and seeing what's up viewer comes in. Why are these casts not talking about the boss fight? Well, duh, because we're yeah. talking about this boss fight 16 hours a day. It's not like we can do this the whole time, right? So Yeah. Planning segments. Do we bring in guests? Do we do stuff like DJ segments? Uh, how can we break up break up the broadcast a little bit more? Do we have any specific topics or activities that we can throw at our hosts that they can do during the regular shifts to break things up? Stuff like the trivia, stuff like the charity, etc. also needs to be funneled into this whole broadcast structure. So there's a lot of work and a lot of planning and a lot of consideration that goes into the whole broadcast um that is a lot more intense for an ultimate since it is a lot more days and a lot more broadcast time you need to cover compared to savage savage is basically the same thing just condensed into one or two days so you have to, You have a lot less to worry about in terms of downtime and the prog grinding to a halt more or less because people constantly like every th- second or third poll, is going to be a little bit more prog especially on the first few bosses for the last boss for, especially if we get another door boss then you clear mm-hmm. P1, you get into P2 and all that stuff that's definitely a little bit of slower progression there but you have less time for shenanigans, you have less time for segments so the whole planning aspect gets a little bit easier on that side of things. On the other hand, well, we still have a lot of casters that all really, really, really want to cast. They're super, super energetic about it. And with Savage, it's a lot harder to get them all into a shift. And uh, we've uh, already, already heard from some casters. Man. It's like, this is great. I want to cast some more shifts. Can I Can I get some more hours next time around? And I'm sitting there and thinking man i'd love to give you more but we literally don't have any <laughs> so it's it's a lot of different aspects that come in but really just the the difference in scope for an ultimate is is the biggest thing mm. otherwise it's very much the same
3: mm. I saw the mention in chat about the whiteboard segments, because like you were saying, this time around, Mm -hmm. we were able to put in a lot more kind of additional segments talking about music, lore, all kinds of stuff. But then also these whiteboarding sessions. I mean, with that, because you're coordinating a lot of the behind the scenes stuff with guests and things. um, Was that something that you were kind of as well in charge with? Coursera kindly sponsored these analyst desk segments, which I do think was an amazing addition to this race. I think all races need Mm -hmm. to have these Mm -hmm. because it was so good
4: so we had the idea for these analyst desk or whiteboard segments um i think for the last ultimate already but we couldn't get it done on a technical level in time um nothing that met our standards where we said okay this is how we want to do it this is fine uh, that's why we didn't do it um well then of course frosty it took a step back from the whole thing uh no actually for for the last ultimate frost he had already taken a step back and left me in charge of things while he was taking care of his daughters so to say um so let's just say let's just say that was not as high on my priority list (laughs) as everything else getting a broadcast Mm -hmm. underway in the first place so that's why the whiteboard kind of fell off the cliff in that regard but yeah we finally got it going um I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was that much of a hassle to get that all to get that all going because the analysts were on our caster roster anyway, so we just mm. shifted the analysts from the regular casting schedules away towards these whiteboarding segments. And that was a fairly easy fix ultimately for us organizing it. It very much was just a caster shift.
2: So for anybody who maybe didn't watch uh, the race and is curious what you're talking about, could you describe what actually happens in these whiteboard sessions?
4: Yeah, of course. So uh, we have one of our hosts, for example, Sam or Rook or me or Frosty. Definitely not
3: uh- me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you <did> you-
5: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
3: Can I just say that Frosty's unintentional burn of you towards the end of the (laughs) race where he was like, oh, I kind of wish we'd had Sam in more of those sessions because, and I don't mean this in a mean way, you're so dumb, Sam.
5: (laughs) I was in my
0: my lane, I was was minding my own business, and then Frosty just nukes me from orbit. I I couldn't believe it.
3: (laughs) Wow. And you can tell he immediately felt so bad About phrasing it that way It was so funny <laughs> What he actually meant was just because Sam is newer to 14 Like you have that You know like I don't know All of this compilation of knowledge mm-hmm. That everybody else has So yeah. like having somebody that can be a voice for that Is so important Anyway Lithy please describe what the actual <laughs> thing is But I just immediately saw your sad face Austin <laughs> <Boston laughs> was like Sam's so dumb <laughs> but yeah, Sam you but, so dumb? <laughs>
4: But it's basically that, right? You throw in a host uh, with two analysts, two people that know a lot about the game, and uh, in our case, this time around, have some very noticeable experience of being ninth men for one of some of the world's first progging teams. For example, Seiji has been the ninth man for TPS for the recent history. So... Some incredible, incredible galaxy brains that we got on. But basically, what the intention for these segments was, break down specific mechanics or parts of the fight so everyone can understand them. Even the most casual of viewers can look at this and then, when we jump back into the gameplay, look at the whole mechanics going on and remember, oh, this is this and this, and this is the mechanics the analysts talked about. And, well, while you're watching, start to understand why people are wiping without the casters explaining it every single time. And Mm -hmm that kind of was the intention and the host obviously there to stir the conversation but also asks these questions that are not very obvious to the experienced final fantasy player along the lines of there's this there's this name for this mechanics heaven's fall it's been a thing forever Mm -hmm. most hardcore raiders know what's up with that never heard of it what is it break Mm -hmm. it down for me please so just kind of catch everyone up to make sure everyone can stay in the loop and not feel left out.
2: It's like a little guide blur before you get into that part of yeah. the Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Honestly, I found those to be like I said one of the best things that's ever been added to a race like this because mm-hmm. I think especially with Ultimate 2 as we think as I think back on that an, you know, initial question, what makes something like Ultimate different from Savage? I think also what makes end game events and Endgame races accessible or interesting or engaging to the entire player base and not just hardcore players. Those are big questions that you have to ask when you're, I mean, even looking at how you're gonna do something like this. But when you think about how many people tune in and watch, Um, The vast majority of players are probably not going to be in a, you know, world first race group. They're probably going to have varying levels of experience, or they might even be from outside the community checking out something that is of this scale. And they want to know, hey, is it worth getting into Endgame? Hey, is it Mm -hmm. worth even getting 14? What's the community like? Well, you know, what is everybody rallying around? So having those segments, I thought was so fantastic because Sam, I'm I'm just going to say it. I'm dumb. I'm dumb about it. <laughs> I'm stupid. I'm dumb boy. I I look at the stuff and in my little head, I'm like, okay, so you stand in it because you got because then it's gonna it's and the, then. yeah, it's a little
0: it's a little hamster in my brain working overtime until yeah. he, he just gives out
5: <laughs> and it's
2: and, like. Oh, go ahead, Zed. <laughs> I, I, I like that you're bringing up that there's, there's people who are new. There's people who've never who've been playing forever but have never mm-hmm. done even Savage mm-hmm. content. Uh, and there's, there's people who are wondering if they'd like to get into the game. And you're teaching them the terminology that they will honestly probably need if they want to get into any of this mm-hmm. stuff at any point. Because people refer to things like Limit Cut or Chariot or whatever all the time. And mm-hmm. they don't know what that means. Even if no you idea. have, it, I, know. In, I think, it, I some, think a chariot is,
4: is a horse drawn. Yes, tray. That's
2: true. <laughs> but it's also a big oh, donut. It's just it's or
3: it's a dynamo. A dynamo. Oh, a dynamo. Big, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. the chariots though.
2: Yeah. Chariots,
3: yeah. close-in yeah. hit. Chariots, yeah. I always remember mm-hmm. because Dynamo and Donut start with Ds, and that's yeah. how I remember it for World War II. And that's from, <laughs> I'm that's not from our, first, yeah, our first set of raids.
2: And exactly. even, even people who mm-hmm. have been raiding might not know what that is because that's from the first set of
3: raids. Mm-hmm. Yes. So and I mean, cool. of course, when I tease and say... I'm dumb, right? What I mean is is that we all process information in different ways. And Sam, same thing. You are not dumb. You watch enough of these events. You play these games. You know, no, get out of here. I will not let you call yourself that. (laughs) But it's one of those things where I think in 14, it's easy to shut down or in any game, it's easy to Mm -hmm. shut down and go, there's no way this knowledge is is accessible to me. This Mm -hmm. is so beyond me. I could never possibly understand it. And when you're in something like a six-day race, where like you're saying, we've been locked on P5 for three days. If people come in and they don't understand, understand what even five seconds more of that phase or Mm -hmm. one group managing to land some kind of mechanic is it's all over their heads it's all gone and I think the great thing about it is even in these whiteboarding sessions even in the time that I learned even in the time that I've raided with Zenidra and Aldeano, like over time you start realizing no wait I can't understand it I have the language to understand this Mm -hmm. I just have to break it down in a way that is processable for me. And that's what I thought those whiteboarding sessions were so fantastic for, because um, it really created a foundation that not only we could all check in on and reference, but we could also make kind of like a highlight of the action, mm-hmm. right? What have we discovered? What are we theorizing? How has that evolved? Which then becomes a bigger part of the story rather than just like, oh, they're still doing that one thing with the glowy balls, everybody die? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh,
5: I I, <laughs> yeah.
1: Raiding is such, in, in every MMO, Rating is that aspirational content that you want people to want to engage with because that's why they made it, right? You don't want it to seem impenetrable, even at the highest level. So bringing in the whiteboard, making sure that everyone has that parlance is just the best thing that we can do to keep growing it, right? So mm-hmm. it's and so important.
2: Just because the, and, the race mm-hmm. of World First is over doesn't mean that content's not still there. It's going to be there for forever, use the stuff you learned from watching other people do it. Go and do it yourself. It's fun. It's hateful, but it's fun.
4: (laughs) At the same time, it kind of brings you a little bit closer to how line progression on such a boss fight works, right? Because Mm -hmm. the world first proc teams, they're not doing anything else. They're also sitting down together after a poll when they saw a new mechanic. They're busting out the whiteboard and they're like, okay, this is what we've seen. This is what happens. What do we do?
5: Mm
2: -hmm. I I honestly, I love it. Um, And I I love this is a little bit of a tangent, but I love how even if there are like three guides out there, someone will still put out a new one because they have a different way to present it. It's like Rick Mm. was saying, they may be presenting it in a way that your brain latches on to. So if, if you do try and get into this stuff and you watch a guide and you're like, I still do not understand,
3: watch a different one.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. It was fascinating too during the race on one of the uh, casts that Miz and I were on, and I still want. Maybe you know what? I'm going to keep this in our heads mm. for a podcast that we can do because mm. Miz and I were talking, and. She was talking about how even her own guide creation has changed over time in the game. As the fights have grown more complex, as mechanics are more dense, as the overall knowledge level has risen Mm. in certain ways. How she structures her videos, what time duration, how much she hits home on this, how long she thinks people will engage. What it means now to have a community that's so focused around things like those. What are they actually called when you have the... There's a specific word for it. You have the um, uh, the like little. It's it's just an image, but it's Mm. like here's the arena, and then you can click through it. Yes, yes, yes. Like now we have technologies like that where you can Mm. see. It doesn't even have to be a video, right? You Mm -hmm. can see it written, or you can go to like these raid planners, and you can see Mm -hmm. like here's the arena, and the circles go out, and the circles go in, and now I you know click ahead to phase four. And so she was talking about how even that has changed the scene and I think Mm -hmm. in many ways added an even wider range to our guides or information sources and resources that we have for players who, again, might be like, well, hey, I cannot watch a YouTube video for 40 minutes and take any of this in, but Mm -hmm. I can read this thing or I can go through a raid planner. So, I mean... These these
4: flowcharts have become incredibly popular for just boss fights in general. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: Shout out, though.
2: Her videos are still some of my top favorite
5: ones.
3: Me too. Yeah, they're they're
5: I just
4: good.
3: love, I love Mrs. videos. <laughs> now, we talked a lot about Lithy, Lithy, like all of your stuff behind the scenes, how you do these races, how you structure these races. But I wanted to talk to you too, Sam, because a lot of times in this space, <laughs> and I've seen this when I've been casting. Wow, I've nervous. seen this. You're fine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna call you dumb Uh-oh. like Frosty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta be careful here. Open my mouth. I might get called dumb. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> no. Um. I've experienced a cast. Wow. I'm, well, I know that whenever you go into a game that may not be like your main or that you're known for being a creator for or whatever. Right. A lot of times we see you know, like, well, casting a game if that's not the uh-oh. That are you know also Final Fantasy players, but that are casting you, and stuff like that. My right? dear friend so, had a slight robot moment. Could you back
2: up?
5: Yeah. Oh,
3: oh, hello, hi. Sorry, yeah. I had a robot. <laughs> um, yeah. But like you see, a lot of times that you know, like why do people with varied backgrounds in games cast or get involved with a specific race? So I wanted to ask you about kind of your journey. So being a host, being a caster, right? But coming mm-hmm. into fourteen, and I was curious just in general about how. Casting 14 has been different for you from other games, um, what you love about it. I mean, any thoughts that you have on that specifically?
0: Yeah, so Final Fantasy 14 is obviously interesting. It's, it's an interesting challenge for me personally, since i not that hardcore into it, right? Which is why I think filling in the host role is the best position for me, because then you can use that dumbness to ask questions. Uh, but also, I think during my shifts as well, I wanted to approach... With the way that I was hosting it, more from a let's have fun perspective, as compared to we've been sitting here like Lethe said, sixteen hours. All right, we're we're in phase five. We've been stuck here for the past three days, still only on like sixty percent. At this point, we've beaten everything we can to death out of it until we get to a progression point. And so that's kind of like some of uh, I, I, I looked around and I also caught a little bit of flack for not really focusing enough on the race itself. But to me personally. I don't really see a reason to continue to beat that drum over and over and over again. And that's also kind of what I think also when it applies to MMOs in general when you're casting them, especially especially PvE content, whether it's World of Warcraft uh, or Final Fantasy XIV, right? You are going to be seeing a lot of the same pulls over and over again. You're going to be seeing a lot of the same mechanics over and over again. You're going to get a lot of repetition, over and over again and so when someone comes in and we they, you know the five minutes they've been here for five minutes like why isn't the host or the cast is talking about what's happening on screen well you know really it's because what are we going to say that we haven't already said at this point let's focus on something else let's have fun let's make this an engaging entertaining broadcast because at the end of the day that's what we're here for too we're here to talk about the race we're here to raise money for charity and so I decided, let's go with the aspect with my shifts. Let's raise money for charity. Let's show the caster's side of their personality. What they are about. Why are they able to have fun? You know, what 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 bring their personality into this instead of just textbook. Let's let's keep doing this over and over again. Because when you look at other esports, right? When you look at something like Overwatch or Valorant, there's a lot of action happening on screen at all times. So you're able to it really is less about the, the casters, more about the players, more about the talent, more about the people who are doing these kind of things. Whereas when I come into the MMO field, and when I transplant over into here and I want to talk about it, especially with Final Fantasy XIV, I don't really know that much. It's, let's just relax. Let's, let's take a little break from it. We're here for another, we, this broadcast is still going for another six hours after I'm done. So let's, it, like a little breathe, like an oasis. Let's, let's have a good time.
2: Yeah. You're right though. More. And the the content is is so different especially in the examples you gave where that's always different. Something is always different. That stuff ha- happens organically as reactions whereas this is a dance you always do it.
4: Sam Yeah. In the in the Sam Talks Oasis of the World Race. Are you are you the pond? Are you the pantry? am mm. <laughs> the, the pilk.
3: Oh, oh god.
5: On the pilk pond. The <laughs>
3: pilk pond. A pilk pond. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. honestly, it goes, it speaks for itself, though. The success of that speaks for itself because, Sam, like, no joke, to, to just talk you up, because I think it's, it deserves to be talked up. Your <laughs> segments, I believe, collectively raise more money for charity than almost any other segments of the world race. Just massive concentrated amounts. And I love everything that you said, because you're right, it is a bigger picture, right? Especially with ultimate races. It's a huge thing. And we bring people in from a lot of different experience levels. And, you know, Lithi looks through this and is like, who do I know that is a good team player that is good at hosting that has this energy? Remember, like remembering, hey, we're also raising money for charity. So we want people mm-hmm. who are going to be able to hire. Um, knowing that, hey, we're also trying to bridge the gap for new players or players that don't know this game as well. So let's get somebody in here who is literally... Literally what? Literally! Literally! <laughs> you froze again. Literally what? No! I'm so sorry. My, I think my internet, it's been having a weird issue. It's hiccuping, so uh-huh. uh, I'll try. Uh, but having somebody who, I think this is where I was, uh, who is literally in the same shoes as new <sighs> players... And who can bridge that gap for them and ask those questions, but do that in a way that is directed and structured for a broadcast and that, you know, can still play to these goals. And I love what you said about, um, I try to bring out the personality or fun side. Forget a lot about that, too. I mean, it's a gift, Sam. It's a gift. I'm not joking. This is a big thing. Well, this is...
0: This is the thing about ultimates as well, because probably during Savage, that's when we can talk more about the mechanics as they're coming along, because the progression is not 10 days, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to take us 10 days to get to the finish of Savage. But when you look at an ultimate, when you look at the amount of time invested, you can even say the same thing about uh, World of Warcraft mythic rating for the race of World First over there. There's still progression happening with each and every single boss. So it's something new. The Vault of the Incarnates was 11 days long. But it was 11 days long of different bosses mm-hmm. for pretty much each day, except for until we got to the final boss. So then you look at the ultimate where we've been on this. We, we're It's like basically it was a phase every two days. So when you get to that point, you really just got to remember you got to think to yourself. Because there was also times I'll I'll be 100 I'll be percent honest. I was like, okay, this is kind of whatever. We're here. We've been doing this for so long. Let's let's just have fun now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about stuff. Let's raise money for charity. And you brought it up, Rook, that during my shifts collectively, it was just, well, I mean, insane it, to say the to say the least. The Final Fantasy 14 community when they want to see someone stop playing WoW. First of all, um, yeah, foot and mouth syndrome. There, that was <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I can't play WoW for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> then it was on the final, th- but then it happened again the next day where we had another big hype train that was like level 17. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, darn, mind blown. No, it was like level 20. So I was like, all right, mind blown once again. All right, you know what? That was fun. It's not going to happen again. But then we get to the final hour where we're trying to raise, you know, we were sitting like, what was it? It was like $36,000 for the charity. Then we got another hype train that went all the way to level thirty-seven. Wow! We got a mm-hmm. a That's a, it, it, and then we went from thirty-six thousand to forty thousand, all in that like it was because it was supposed to be just an hour-long shift, but we went for three hours. Yeah, and so at that point, that. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe. And so, but then what was that at that, that point? You know, where you really, as a host, you see, okay, here's an opening, here's an opportunity. We need to go. This needs to be nothing less than the best. This needs to be nothing but full speed ahead. And that was when I saw that. I was like, you got to take advantage of these moments because these are moments where the community is at its most hype. These, are, these final hours are where the community is going to come out and really show up in force. And these are the moments where the community is really going to want to bring everything that they possibly have. And so we as hosts and we as casters need to be on that same level with them. And so, you know, if you look back at the footage, you know, I'm freaking out and I'm like, oh, my God. Be- First of all, it's because it's genuine. I'm like, Jesus Christ, people are yes. throwing hundreds <laughs> of bombs at us like mm-hmm. it's candy right now. But also because I understand that this is what the community wants and this is what we need to bring to them. This is what they deserve after yeah. such a long race, after such a long production. They deserve nothing less than to be. Than than to be rewarded for that, and if if me acting crazy, acting like a goofball, <laughs> kind of maybe being unhost like unprofessional, gets them to that point, then I'm totally fine with that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. So- and I mean, I don't I don't think it's unprofessional. I just I wanted to interject, but Zen, no, please go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say I don't think it's unprofessional at all because I think it's like you said in these kind of gaming events. Um, the action is oftentimes what we make of it. So in a more structured cast, like you were saying, with like a a PvP uh, sort of competition, you're thinking Valorant, you're thinking Overwatch, team play against team play, like you're saying, it's not going to be the exact same beats every time because they are people and they're having different strategies, they're swapping Mm -hmm. different characters. And so the action in and of itself is like the propelling narration, those victories, those sick plays, all of that kind of stuff, right? In something like, this like we were talking about a pve mmo experience uh i mean like we've been saying Once you learn how to do the fight, sure, we can talk about variants of strategy for teams. We can celebrate a big hype moment, but that same mechanic is the mechanic you are going to be seeing for the next 16 hours. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, we have to almost create our own highs and lows. We have to create our own story, our own narrative. I've really loved thinking about it recently, not just as a race for progress, but literally that hosts and casters get to work as narrators to the story of a world first. And that that means that we're narrating the actual Mm -hmm. mechanical beats, but it also means that we are making that something that in and of itself is a memory, is a story, is what people will remember about it. Because nobody in like a year is going to be like, remember that one poll on day three (laughs) when the team was just slightly more to the left than they were the first 500 polls? And that one guy got cleat, like no one's going to remember that. But what they are going to remember and what they literally were still talking about is Scrape Squad. Pilk, um. the unbelievable hype trains, the incredible moments for charity, kisses in the chat, like all these, these yep. things that become in and of themselves a part of the character. And like you said, the casters themselves are also part of the character of that and how we all uplift each other and connect those story threads. I mean, that was, I think, one of the wildest final hours of anything i've ever been mm-hmm. on because people were sad we were sad that we hadn't been able to see p6 you know you don't want to end a cast on a bummer note where yeah. you're like sorry we can't keep going bye and so <laughs> Later. I know, like yeah. to be able to instead hit this all time high, have this hype train. And like you're saying to bring that energy, to give back what's being given to you in the chat. I think that's highly professional because even if it is funny and comical and over the top and all these things, right. And everybody plays a different thing, whether it's, you know, processing it, talking through it, like frosty, uh, you know, me getting constantly overwhelmed, nearly crying, Lithy eventually crying, you screaming and jumping out of your chair. Like it's, it's that moment that, to me, was the real finale of this race. And it's, yeah. it was so humbly. I've never seen hype trains like that in mm-hmm. all my years no. on this platform. I-
0: I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. Funny part about that, too, is was I wasn't even scheduled for that shift. I messaged <laughs> Frosty and I was like, I noticed it's just Lithian Rook on that broadcast. And Frosty was like, Well, I'm on there, too. And I'm like, You are? I look at the schedule and I'm like, You are? I don't know how to read. And he's like, But I can put you in if you want. And I was like, I don't know. It seems kind of uh, four people might be a lot. And Frosty was like, Well, we have the production made a four split because
4: of interviews. So I was yeah. like, If you want to be on, and I was like, All right. I, I guess if
0: you're, you know, <laughs> If you're gonna let yeah, me,
4: the, the, that we that were all uh, that all the the main hosts for the event were on on that last shift that was planned I think from mm. day one or day two yeah at this point
3: I love good. that I hope we keep doing that because that felt so nice to even just be able to all come together at the end and
4: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope so too I don't know, just
3: just <laughs> mm-hmm. listening to you guys Fun talk experience. about it it's making my heart grow three sizes and that's
0: dangerous
1: yeah. I didn't yeah. watch okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Because I, I, I was just gonna say, it was just. <laughs> I didn't watch the very end, but yeah, I was in there for kisses for the chat, and I will always remember that because I was like, no, <laughs> no, I will. This, this is my. Oh. I will take us over the line. So yeah, that that was me. That, that I did. Oh, in. I
3: saw yeah, your I donation. You I read it, and <laughs> I was like, Charol. <laughs>
1: I got to be Chaos at least at one point. Work was just crazy. (laughs) But, like, those moments are what you remember, like you said. Like, we're going to keep talking about it, but that really is what sticks with the community. That's why they come back a second time. That's why they want to do it. That's why they support. And I think, you know, as we're saying, Sam, that's incredible to bring. Like, and it's it's just great to see the types of casters who come on. And it's also nice... And yeah. what
0: you add, yeah. And, and it's also nice, too, now, because every single host, every single caster can say that they've been a bro- part of a broadcast that helped raise over $56,000 exactly. for charity. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yep. It was phenomenal. And, I mean, that was – we're going to talk more about this in a little bit, too. But, I mean, that was so far beyond any of the previous records, around 32000 mm-hmm. I mean, it was phenomenal. And – I think the community just really, for all that at any given time, right? Like, you might have the chat sometimes get a little spicy. You might have to do some moderation. You might have, you know, those little moments or those places or parts, or even as we get into some of the drama or controversy, which we will be talking about, right? You'll have Ooh. those moments in any community where it, we don't see maybe the best of, of a lot of the community, um, even though you know that's not the vast majority. But then you have these moments like this where you go, this is why 14 was voted best community. Like, this is mm-hmm. why. Because the vast majority of players are phenomenal, giving, caring, wonderful people. That is very
0: true. Very, very true. Because I started playing Final Fantasy fourteen again because you know, I can't play WoW right now, so what am I going to do with my time? <laughs> uh, and literally... I've had the community come in. They've given me cool stuff. They've given me, like, max level weapons for when I eventually finish the MSQ. Someone went out and bought me a cool glam uh, for my samurai. And I'm just like, this is a really,
3: whos- this is awesome right now. What the heck, dude? They yeah. are. They're great. They can be, for sure. 110%. Yeah. <laughs> Go Even ahead, if you're
1: ahead. a random person, just brand new. I remember stories of, um, you know, the oceanic, uh, uh, uh center when it first opened nobody had anything but everybody's just helping everyone build back up or you know if you could uh if you had any knowledge you're just starting at the starting zones going okay go here go there this is the fastest way or just gifting people random million gill you know people just go to Aetherites and go oh are you new you have a sprout here's some money like, that, that It's, happened to it's me. amazing
0: yeah, Yep. that happened to me. I, I, I was walking around, losses could be, and someone walked up and was like, here's 100k. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, what? <laughs> don't spend it all
2: in one place. I Actually, yeah. I did have a friend, like I just handed a million to and she went and bought a pretty glam. And I was like, you could have kept that money and I could have made the glam for you.
3: <laughs> hey, but you know before. that she, yes, lead those who walk after. Don't, don't stop it i'll do yeah. no oh, no yeah. no <laughs> because you started it and then i started thinking about it too much and then i got immediately choked up and emotional <laughs> about it <laughs> in the span of a half second no oh, this is my existence um fear yourself, fear so yourself. Okay. <laughs> all right all right all right so sam i wanted to ask you as well we're gonna have a little bit of sam talk for a little bit but i'm this- happy to do
2: it is this, is this the elephant in the room, in the glass? No, we're
3: not doing Pilk yet. I have okay. one quick question before oh, that. Oh. And then it will okay. be the Pilkquisition. So I just mm. want you to know that. Mm. But before this, um, I wanted to ask you specifically about how you feel casting ultimates or ultimate fights in fourteen measure up to other fights you've seen in the space? Because there's a lot of questions. Are ultimates the hardest content in any MMO? Do you feel like casting them is really different? Is it really difficult to, you know, do you think that from your experience between WoW and other games and things like that, that there is something unique about casting ultimates? Or do you feel like, well, no, like endgame is endgame and, you know, this is tough for sure, but uh, it, it is what it is.
0: So ultimate is hard. Because of how long it can take and how long you typically spend on one phase for multiple days sometimes. And we saw it especially here in top. Phase 5 was a ringer. It took a very long time. Obviously, we didn't even get to see the end of Phase 5 on the broadcast. That's how hard it was. And so I think that's what makes Ultimate so challenging to cast and to host. Because as I've said many times, there's only so many, like after a certain point, you can only talk about XYZ mechanic. You can only talk so much. After like a certain amount of days, you can't talk about phase one anymore. You can't talk about phase two anymore because it's already been done. It's been beaten. It's been solved. Okay, whatever. Who cares? So that's what makes it really unique. Take a look at World of Warcraft, right? When we're going through the race world first there. It is constant progression throughout almost the entire time usually a couple of bosses here and there we're stuck on it for a day and then we go on to the next boss then we're able to have more content to talk about to get stuck there for a couple of days and then you got to fa- kind of fall back to what you do in, uh, with, with what i was doing in ultimate you, you have a little fun with the broadcast so you make sure that people are having a good time and then once you get to those progression points because of how short the boss fights are you usually are able to get to those progression points a little bit quicker and so then you have something to talk about during the ultimates whenever we got to phase five four three two one whatever that's when we had something to talk about and that's when as a host i would bring it back for a second i'll be like all right we got phase five on the screen let's go ahead see what's happening here let's break it down right mm-hmm. and then once we're done with that we dissect what we just saw there a little bit then we go back to whatever discussion we were having so the way that i treat an ultimate is i, I kind of treat it like a podcast honestly you know we we, we have our fun ideas of haha We'll talk about this. We'll talk about that. Then, when the important stuff comes up on the screen, we really get into that. We we, we talk about it a little bit. But then, you also want to make sure that you're not talking too much because you want to say something for the Corsair analyst desk that was happening. Um, I don't know why I still call it the Corsair analyst desk. It should just be an analyst desk at this point. We're not sponsored. So, <laughs> but um, you could just have the analyst desk because you still want to give them something to talk about as well. You don't want to go too in depth, which is kind of like the same thing that you would have in other esports. You have your play-by-play caster you have your color commentary Mm -hmm. who the play-by-play caster breaking down things as they're happening on the screen and the color commentary goes more in depth and then after that you have the analyst desk who really breaks down the plays and gives you exactly what you're seeing there and so you can sort of see that in how we were doing it with this ultimate you have the host who's you know making conversation you have your casters who are able to break things down for you as you're seeing them. And then you go to the analyst desk who really gets into the minute details for people who are interested. And for people who might be theory crafting along with what's happening on the screen as well. And so, yeah, I think, you know, for Ultimates, it, it's 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 such a unique challenge and so different than anything else, I think, in the whole casting industry, the commentating industry. Because of the unique challenges that it poses with the repetition. Because yes, while World of Warcraft has repetition, yeah, has a lot of repetition with it, especially uh, even Mythic Plus in World of mm-hmm. Warcraft. There's a lot of repetition that goes on in there, but it's only like thirty minutes. You're done. Move on. The Whereas big in- thing.
3: Sorry, not to interrupt, but the big thing I've noticed in in WoW races is when you're having to vamp over gear farming, when you're <laughs> having to vamp over yeah. you know the just sheer amount. You know, we've had two days of literally just doing split runs for a (laughs) year.
5: Just
4: two days? You guys got lucky. No, like (laughs) entire week
3: sometimes.
0: (laughs) Well, which is also different because of how this one worked this most recent tier in World of Warcraft because they released Mythic at the same time because mm-hmm. it was happening over Christmas. So they wanted to try and give everyone a chance to be able to finish it early. Well, guess what happened? Only two guilds were able to finish it early yep. before Christmas. And that was like really right at the edge of it too. It was like the day before basically. Yep. Yeah.
5: <sighs> so yeah. uh, so it, it,
0: it's, ugh,
4: oof. it's... It's very hard to comp- compare the world rays for Final Fantasy Ultimates with the, the race to world first on World of Warcraft side for mythic, right? Because it's It's the similar, it, it, the only thing those games have in common in terms of that progression is the genre. It's both MMOs, yep. and everything else is completely yep. different and you cannot even get close to comparing them.
2: Mm-hmm. So let's
3: turn this question around. What do you think, Rook? Oh my Ooh. gosh. Mm. I mean, I agree. I agree with Lithy actually. This is a question we get asked constantly. What is the hardest endgame? Which race is is cooler? Mm -hmm. Which race is the one that's, you know, like, this is the hardest content in MMOs? And I think, like Sam was saying, there is a real unique challenge to casting ultimates because a big thing that I've noticed with WoW, it... it's different kinds of work. I don't want to say that I put in as twice as much work into WoW as I do 14 because it's not that at all. But it's different, because for me on any given day when I'm casting WoW, right? Like you said, I'm going, what boss are they on? Are they running? Are they on dinner break? Do they do this? Are they doing splits all day? Is it splits all day? Please tell me it's not splits all day. <laughs>
5: it <laughs> is all <laughs> day. are going to talk about?
3: <laughs> and it is splits all day. Or like, you know, whatever it is. So at any given moment, I feel like, I am having to switch, research, know, compound whatever knowledge much faster, right? Like, uh, you'll have a boss pop up that, you know, maybe you weren't thinking was going to pop up. Or in this most recent one, this most recent race that we had, there was a split branch. So if you went one way, you had these bosses. If you went the other way, you had those bosses. So as a caster and as these raid teams, the amount of just compounded knowledge you have to have in case your team is like okay well we're gonna jump back into blank to get blah 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 or this or this or this at any given moment i feel like you have to hold much more now like those pieces are smaller in the sense that this boss might have three major mechanics that's not to say it isn't hard they are right the tuning is a huge thing the the gear makes a massive impact and the throughput of damage healing etc mm-hmm. right and wow at any given moment you're going to be you are healing 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 yes. healing healing in 14 it's less instantaneously responsive right so it's more plotted it's that dance again Mm. they are completely different beasts like lithia was saying and how they design the difficulty and test your skills in these fights and while you have to be able to pivot very quickly respond instantaneously and then also have a lot of other things in 14 the phase you're on might be 20 pages long the mechanic Mm. (laughs) you might (laughs) sit there and you might be like This phase I have broken down in 50 different ways and now I have to figure out how to execute it exactly. So at any given time you are working on one dense complex puzzle whereas in WoW you are holding like, you know, five smaller puzzles in your head simultaneously and and moving quickly through them.
4: WoW also gives you the opportunity or... WoW leaves a lot more agency in the player's hands. You have a lot more opportunity to... Mm -hmm. uh play mechanics to your own volition and influence how mechanics are played out with your class cooldowns. Mm. Do you throw just a mass of healing CDs at it? Do you tank through it? Do you heal through it? Do you try to dodge it? Do you lose damage for it? Um, sometimes Sometimes you get debuffs where you can, well dedicate your own abilities to okay do i proc this now or do i play this mechanic in 20 seconds what do i do with it compared to final fantasy where it's usually okay do you have 30 seconds to prepare for this debuff going off good luck yeah so it's yeah. it's a lot more it's a lot more just agency in the player ha- player hands and on top of that well very obviously you have over twice the amount of players in a single raid boss yeah. fight. as well so mm. that is an added difficulty as well as well so it's Apples
3: and oranges. Tough. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. Apples, yes. it's apples and it's apples and oranges. I mean, the and, basic premises are there in the sense mm. of apples and fighter an jets. DPS. Yeah, it's like we have to meet a yeah. DPS threshold. We have healing checks. We have these things. We have cooldowns. We have mm. but the actual fights themselves are entirely different tests of difficulty. Yeah. And, and 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 to go
0: back to your earlier point, which one's better, right? I don't think there necessarily needs to be a better one. It's just <laughs> yes. a really cool event that happens in the esports community. It's like when people are like, oh, voter esports way better than overwatch esports which is true by the way you didn't hear that from me but (laughs) (laughs) but um no it's it's just esports it's what brings the community together to have every every, for everyone to have fun right Mm. um the world of warcraft race world first is huge it's been going on for a lot longer and it's been uh something that i think the community is able to have fun behind and now that final fantasy has been having you know a, a couple of years of it now they're also able to enjoy in the fun of the community being able to solve these puzzles as they're coming along because also the way that the fights themselves work radically different mm-hmm. world of warcraft mm-hmm. we already have an idea of how the boss fights are going to be working going into them because ptr dungeon journal yep uh, does that make it easy no no it doesn't
3: that uh, blew my mind the first time I cast WoW. Can I be honest? I was, I this is not a joke. I went on my computer because I do research days before I start whatever race it is, right? So I went on my computer and I was like, um, like, raid wing, enter name. It was sepulcher, so I was like, sepulcher. Mm. And then I hit enter, and then all this stuff came up, and it was like, breakdown of fight, mythic, breakdown of this, such and such. And I was like, did I get the name wrong? Did this one, was this like, last was- <laughs> year and then i like i'm researching and i'm like why does this all say it's current where is it coming from so i got <laughs> up and i went out to- i went out and i asked my partner who's a longtime wow player i was like people know what the mechanics are for a raid i'm casting In two weeks? And Bebop was like, oh, like the dungeon journals? And I was like, the what? What?" Oh,
5: yeah, PTR. (laughs) PTR? PTR
3: and the... I was like, they Mm -hmm. let you see the mechanics. But like you said... It, it is its own different game, and it, because of that, you have your Ugh. own strategy and ways mm. that you tackle the insight you have and how, even as you get into it, how that might have changed, how things may have been different since the PTR, what strategies you had, whether or not they panned out. It's interesting, for sure, Sam. But it's yeah, also
4: yeah, yeah. super... I just want to chime, chime yeah. in real quick, because um, in general, when we talk about MMOs, a scenario we've had for so many years before... I'd say before the pandemic was that World of Warcraft simply was the uncontested king of Mm -hmm. MMOs. Mm. So, no competition breeds no success, you know, and... Mm. We can definitely tell now that Blizzard kind of went through this whole thing. They made a lot of uh, design philosophy changes to World of Warcraft and mhm taking lessons from Final Fantasy. 100%. 100%. Sepul- 100%. Sepulchre, the last three bosses were not tested at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And they didn't want to sh- They they definitely they definitely are going in the direction with that and also testing the the uh, simultaneous release of all difficulties this time around, right? Mm-hmm. Blizzard is back to Well, okay. Other people are doing really good things where we can learn from because people love it. And I think Final Fantasy is bringing a lot of inspiration to that as well.
0: Yeah, even just in the core base gameplay of how Dragonflight is now, you can tell Final Fantasy XIV has been influencing it so, so, Mm -hmm. so, so much. I mean, the removal of... Like, the removal of borrowed power is one of the biggest things I think maybe took some influence from Final Fantasy XIV is being Mm -hmm. able to... uh, Obviously... Massive borrowed power outside of tier sets and things like that, which it really kind of is borrowed power. Let's be real here. But um, (laughs) it it, it, and now we're seeing things going more on the let's just have fun with the game kind of things with the release of the trading post. Right. We're seeing a Mm -hmm. much big for people who don't know what the trading post is. It's kind of like this new thing that Blizzard just added very recently, like this past week, where you can go do little challenges, you get currency and then you can buy uh transmogable items you can buy a pet so you can do all sorts of really cool things just by playing the game in different ways than you usually normally do and that is such a fantastic idea and you can also see the content cadence has been increasing so massively mm-hmm. this time for dragonflight we just had 10.0.5 come out now we're looking towards the barrel of the next content patch in the next few months and then obviously the next raid tier we're seeing summer like mm-hmm. early summer is what we're expecting
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. F- phenomenal. And I think uh, I'm glad to get to talk about this with both of you because, I mean, even during the race, we had a segment. So Frosty scheduled a segment where myself and actually Jeith got to talk about WoW versus Final Fantasy 14. And a lot of times, you know, players might go again. I mean, even here on our podcast, right? Why are we talking about WoW on a 14 mm-hmm. podcast? Why are we talking about? It? But really, truly, I mean, Sam, like I think you and Lithi just hit the nail on the head MMOs is a genre, as we've talked about, influence one another. One another, yeah. they're competing for a similar shared subscription base. Um, The visibility of the games and the communities around them, Uh, all of that, I mean, it it has this back and forth. And because these games run for a long time, and like we're saying, because you start to see now, I think we're entering this kind of new golden frontier for MMOs, whereas for a long time people were going, oh, this is totally a dead genre, nobody's going to want to play MMOs, WoW is the only one, so on and so forth, right? But of course, that's never been true, and we all know that. There's always been other MMOs. But we are actually starting to see now that the innovation in games like 14, that um, all of these other traits, I mean, I know Guild Wars 2 was also something that really influenced a lot of Dragonflight mm-hmm. and a lot of other things, and vice versa, right? Yoshi B has not been coy about the fact exactly. that 14 has a strong WoW influence, and that a lot of what mm. they wanted to do in an MMORPG for Final Fantasy was based on what they had seen done as a precedent in World of Warcraft. So, I, when we talk it, about these things, it's honestly not because we don't love one game, or we love one game more than the other game, it's because, especially with something like this race 14 is the only mmo right now that is even trying to step up through Mm -hmm. this community coordinated event to host something that comes anywhere near to what wow has done for years with this kind of broadcast hype event around end game pve content so the discussions are just by nature, going to compare the two because Wow's been doing yep. it for a while. 14 is now defining itself and trying to get into this space hmm. so that we have additional community events, spectacle, and attention brought to the game, right? What were you going right. to say? Aldi and new? Uh,
1: no, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, Yoshi P has, has, like you said, not been shy about talking about uh, playing other MMOs. I mean, he's been playing since Ultima. Uh, you know, all of we're in the same genre and the genre has been a little lacking lately other than the big four or so maybe five you know i'm gonna throw guild wars and some other things in there but that that represents the end of a huge halt in mmo progress for years like i can uh, the last huge one before guild wars that i can remember which died immediately was wildstar and it was trying a lot of new things and i loved it and that's where i raced and that was a dumb idea because it was so broken (laughs) Oh my goodness! It was so broken that gear wouldn't even work. So that was that was a fun few months. But like you have to kind of pass these ideas back through these filters of these games to bring them into the future, right? And you know, Riot—they're thinking about doing an MMO. Mm-hmm. It's you know happening Boy. at some point that yeah. they have I'm said the
3: 50% so.
5: of That. Mm-hmm. Who knows, they got right? me.
3: They got Dangerous. me with Arcane. Yeah, I would have never did. joined mm-hmm. that MMO before Arcane. But then mm-hmm. Arcane came along, and now I'm like, when's that MMO and coming out? And if you out? think
1: that their planners, their producers, their, their 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 designers are not watching these events right now to try and mm-hmm. help formalize what they're going to do, because they've already have it with 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 uh you know their game, right? Like, of course, they're they're humongous in esports. But there's a different way of doing it for MMOs. And I think that, you know, all of this discussion, this crosstalk about MMOs is just going to help us all, really.
0: And, and and that's also the interesting thing, too, about both of these world races or race mm-hmm. world first. It's a community driven thing. Yeah. Neither of the big publishers yet have yep. gotten mm-hmm. into it. They never they, will. They, yeah. they, 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 and at this point, yeah, there's really... No, I like, especially for Blizzard, there's really no reason to. They don't have to do anything and they get free advertisement for the game, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they say congratulations to whatever team wins or Yoshi P, formally, mm-hmm. used to say congratulations to whatever team won. And then that's it. That's the involvement. Yeah. That's where it goes. And mm-hmm. so this is a big community-driven thing. And I think even more so for Final Fantasy 14, where in World of Warcraft, it's the guilds who put on the production here in 14, It's the community that puts on the production. It's Frosty uh making everything happen it's lithi in the background doing all of this work or Jess making all of this happen coordinating with all of these different things to make sure that this is a production that's possible and we've seen it since even just last year right it, it this is this production has gotten insanely mm-hmm. awesome
3: yeah for sure and i mean we're gonna circle back to we're gonna circle back to that idea of companies have not gotten formally involved in sure. race to world first yet yeah. towards the end as we discuss some more stuff with the OGP statements but before we talk about anything else i have to just put this one out there sam we got to talk about the pilk so we-
4: uh, no we don't sam, <laughs> we really
5: don't
3: what is Pilk? The people want to know the people want to know how Ooh. and why did this start happening this race Did you expect this to become a huge meme? I was literally just saying before the cast that I had somebody in an RP event in 14 last night make a Pilk reference, and then when everybody started laughing, they were like, why, what? And they went, did you not watch the race? And they went, no, everybody's just talking about Pilk recently, and I thought it was funny. And I went, oh no, the ripples we've had.
5: (laughs) The The pain we're bringing.
3: So yeah, give us the lowdown. What and why Pilk, Sam?
0: So Pilk was the thing that I saw, I think they did something with it in Sepulchre that for one of the incentives, one of the guilds did it. I can't remember who. I think it may have been Liquid. I think it was Liquid who did it. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's funny. Ha, ha, ha. And so a couple months later, I was doing a production in World of Warcraft where I was like, we were doing another charity thing. And I was like, uh, I'll drink Pilk because I think that's funny. And why not? I haven't tried it yet. I've heard it's a horrible, gross, disgusting beverage. Let me do it. And so then I drank it and I was like, this is d- delicious, excuse me. And so we go from there. And uh, when it comes to any charity stream that I ever do, I, I at least always want to try to do something that involves pain uh, or me suffering because that really, for some reason, people like that and they want to donate towards that. I don't get it. Do. Some sort of, <laughs> I. it's very weird. They love it. Very, they love yeah, it. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't it's not, get it. Something it's not
2: real pain, right? It's just pretend very, very brief pain.
0: Right? Yeah, well, when right? you're like taking a sip of this right here, that's when the real pain starts. I'll tell you <laughs> oh, that no. much. Um, but <laughs> less,
2: less brief pain. Ooh.
0: <laughs> <before>. <laughs> yeah, that's a, this is a pain that goes on for days. And like, uh, yeah. Um, Buddy. But the pilk, so I've done like pilk or some variation of me drinking disgusting stuff on broadcasts because I'm just like, this is funny. It really does get people excited about what they what's going on here. And so I was like, when we came into this one, the Final Fantasy fourteen community, I thought to myself, okay, I haven't done pilk here yet, so why not? Let's let's I've this is something I've done before. Let me let me pilk it up. And so that's where I was like, all right, I'll drink pilk if we get blah blah blah. And so I didn't I was just expecting it really to be a one-day like ha ha funny joke or you know, funny shift thing and then rook comes in and is like okay i'll drink pilk as well uh so that was like later on that evening i think you had the pilk and then Mm -hmm. uh, flick drop was like all right i'll have pilk and then i had the pilk the next day as well and so it it, it just kept going on though it was like
3: because whenever i'm gonna no go ahead oh no all i was gonna say is like speaking of it going on um, there is somebody here today who still needs to drink pilk. Um, who was who was that? Do you remember? Uh,
0: yeah, I wonder who, go. <laughs> who... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need to I need to make me a disappear button also.
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> One of the best things, one of the greatest I'm, things you can do.
2: I probably shouldn't out myself like this, but I do not like milk and I do not like cola. So to me Pilk sounds awful.
1: <laughs> Doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, hey, uh... sounds like a float to me. I I'd, I'd do it.
4: You're uh you're interested in casting the uh, next Mothball. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, You're gotta, not getting uh, out yeah, of this, a...
3: Lizzie. You're not getting out of this. You have to drink no, milk. You're supposed to drink it today on this podcast. and <gasps> yeah, I oh, was... just forgot to get.
4: I was Pepsi. honestly planning on it, and then I slept the whole day against my plans, and I did not get around to running to the store. So we... I still have
2: that
5: open. We legitimately I'm it talks to about my tab.
2: it. Yeah, early on, they were like, oh no, I forgot. And I was like, well, what? Could you go here? Could you go here? And there was just no way that we could get any
3: Pepsi. Oh yeah, it's so weird because the exact same thing happened during the actual race. Lithi also just Shut there was up, no way that they could get <laughs> Pepsi. So somehow, you know, you know, just keep a tab, keep a little pin in that because uh,
4: yeah, for- I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I owe a Yshtola cosplay from the last Ultimate race. I owe a Pilk. Um, <laughs> At least I resub to Final Fantasy fourteen. So the list of yep. my final fantasy yeah. world race charity promises is uh, growing my sub is running out i gotta fix that real quick because yeah i'm having I don't, a really great time
2: i don't <laughs> actually know how to turn my sub off I'm just putting that out there me
3: neither mine just <laughs> no. goes i mean the, goes.
4: the ui on the website is a mess <laughs> <laughs> correct okay, <yeah.
3: laughs> but not so for true. that reason yeah, let alone if you try to subscribe to Final Fantasy XI. Best Ooh, of no, luck, good. my friends. Good. There's yeah. no way it's a bad. human being can figure it's that bad. out. I had to literally have somebody walk me through it and then call infusion for support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, all right, okay. So, and for anybody who might not know, pilk is Pepsi milk. Yes, many of us did have to drink it. There are now pilk emotes on the Mog Talk channel, <laughs> and we are not off the hook either, Sam, because no. you, me, and Ms. Tech have to drink spicy pickle pilk and or hers, which has raisins, because yeah. we did mash that all time goal.
1: No, that I don't. I don't want to be a part of. No, like yeah, it's sure a- fun.
0: Ooh. A little bit of this, a little drop, a little. I'm not going too crazy with it. A little drop. We put in some pickle chunks in there. Okay, mm-hmm. uh-huh. all right. Adds a nice little uh, chunks. Uh-huh. chunks.
3: was very clear that it had to be chunks. I, want, chunks. I just want to say, mm-hmm. do you have to drink um, the chunks too? Like,
0: yeah, you got to. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. chewing.
3: Okay,
2: so yeah. are you drinking? They're just boba. Drinking the- It's just boba.
0: Yeah, it's just boba. It's just boba. Uh, but no, I didn't expect it to really take off the way that it did. I I could not believe I couldn't believe that we were still talking about it on the very final hour of that broadcast. Because even some people were coming in, I was like, "They're still talking about Pilk," and it's like I don't know how we even get to it there. Because there were moments too. There was like shifts where I specifically tried my hardest to not bring up Pilk, but someone in chat would inevitably be like, "It's the Pilk guy," and I'm like, "I shall come on," and it's um. <laughs> And then, or or someone else in the broadcast, one of the casters was like, "So Sam, I I I, I like I'm going to try pilk now because of you." And I'm like, hmm. "And then my favorite yeah. running whole theme of the entire broadcast was, I hate that this is not as bad as I thought it would be." Mm. Yep.
3: Yeah, you yep. did convert a lot of people. I mean. I was unlucky in that, as I have stated, my partner sabotaged me and got me Diet Pepsi and mm-hmm. Skim Milk for oh. mine. Oh. And I, like Zanidra, the same way that you don't like soda, I find the no, artificial no, 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 no. flavor Soda's okay. You know what, finish, okay. Your finish your thought. Finish it though. No, I was just gonna say, I personally find the artificial sugar flavoring of diet mm-hmm. sodas to be one of the most disgusting tastes. It like it just lingers in my mouth like I cannot escape it. I hate mm-hmm. the taste of it. And so when I came out and I saw that after the day that we had unlocked the goal, I was like, "Why are you? Who are you? Why who are you to <laughs> me? Why have you done this?"
1: <laughs> like, well, if you can go you? if you can go diet Pepsi, skim milk, could you go like I don't know, some 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 more premium Pepsi and like heavy cream or half and half? <laughs> I think I could.
3: I think it would be good. I think I would like I think that. it would be fine. Yeah, just go straight
1: up. Just go straight up ice cream at that point.
0: Just like yeah, yeah it's true. Just, at that point, just, <laughs> just go that all that the way. Was, yeah, just go was all was the way. Say
2: like I, I don't like cola. Some soda is okay. Mm-hmm. I do like root beer, uh, and I do like ice cream. So maybe okay. Pepsi
4: uh, pilk is pilk is just a different version of a root beer float, as I saw mm-hmm. someone earlier in chat mm-hmm. already.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, and I do I do like a rum and coke. So there's that. <laughs> oh, there
4: you fine. go. Just imagine. And yes, we Mm. did also have variations of pilk with almond milk, so Mm -hmm. uh, Kero's soy pilk is not that much of a stretch. Yeah, Yeah.
3: (laughs) I do think one of the funniest moments for me personally from the race was when the production team started to take videos of themselves and put them up on the stream, let alone the hand-drawn production art assets of the pilk train and everything. But that one edit where he was putting the Pepsi in and then it overflowed and the screen had the like um the like we've interrupted (laughs) your broadcasting and it was like "Eh." and then it came back and he was like now I'm here with the milk I actually I was cackling in front of mm-hmm. my desk. It was one of my favorite moments from the race. I thought it was ah. so funny.
2: <laughs> I, love, yeah. I love how much you guys get into this. And that kind of kind of brings us to our, our next question, which I feel like we've answered five times over, but I'm still going to yeah. ask it. Do you think having a streamed Race to World First is important for the community? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's such an easy it. way to get the community excited. It is because, first of all, community involvement. No, no publishers no developers mm-hmm. uh meddling with it so it's all done by the community and i really maybe downsides of inciting some like you know, people getting angry about this mm-hmm. and this or that or whatever we just saw happen here with uh some <clears throat> shenanigans obviously mm-hmm. but i still think at the end of the day it's way it far outweighs any cons that can be given cuz i mean here we are we're sitting here talking about it yeah. we can point mm-hmm. Look how much money we raised for charity. But, but the community can say that now. No small mm-hmm. amount. Yeah, yeah. We raised half a hundred k, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah, crazy.
3: Fifty six thousand dollars in six days, mm-hmm. like i i can't remember what the exact thing is i and i wish i tried to find the document so when i was doing the uh, at the end of every year guild wars 2 does an extra life like 20 mm. sorry 48 hour marathon where they're developers in the studio and they bring in content creators and i've had the pleasure of getting to be a part of it the last few years although of course things changed with the pandemic and remote and all kinds of stuff but Um, They had a breakdown with their stuff where they were like, you know, $50 gets a child X, $100 gets a child this machine that's life-saving, that gets this thing, this particular thing. So when you think about $56,000, I wish I had the actual stats in front of me, but (laughs) it contextualized it so much to me because
5: Mm.
3: it's not, again, just like, oh, hey, we raised fifty-six dollars that's pretty cool, I guess. It's literally when you (laughs) break it down into like, you know, every $50 that we hit goes to a child and makes a difference Mm -hmm. in their life. It gives them supplies. It gives them medical equipment. It gives them every 100, even more so. So when you actually think about that number, think about all of the children um, that are facing some of the hardest struggles of their life that literally because of you have had their days, their lives, their health care improved. I mean, it's it's staggering. So, I mean, yeah, I uh, all of that fundraising aside, which I think is so important to, to make this an event that really does good in the world, I, I agree. I think that the pros far away any cons because you see the community get to shine, we get these jokes, we get to all come together. Even just as casters, we were all talking, like, you know, the final days and things, just going, it's so nice to get to actually do this together and, like, talk and see each other. We, like, see each other around the space, but we don't always get to just be an like in a moment in the community together we don't get yeah. to collaborate on this scale let alone then when you actually have all the community there and people are talking and you know it it benefits so many people just across the board not only for charity but also the game itself um the community the Raiders it shows off a part of our content and the things that the game does so exceptionally as well as the people who are so passionate be they casual players to end-game players who all want to be a part of it so it's I just think it's awesome. Like, I just think it's so fun ah, to be a part of. The next time your mom gives you crap about playing video games too much,
2: just tell her how much money you raise for children. Ask her <laughs> how I mean, much yeah. money she's raised for children yep. recently. Well, it was, yeah. it, it was
0: funny, too, because I went through a, um, a lane of it where I was going through the airport and I was wearing an Extra Life shirt, like the, specifically this one. And the TSA agent asked, what is that? And I was like, oh, this is something I got because I raised money for uh, kids and kids. Children's hospitals. And she was like, oh, my gosh, that's so great. And then she was really nice to me, which, you know, going <laughs> through airport security is always the most yep. stressful thing in the entire world. So <laughs> any goodwill points you can get with TSA, is the, you got to go with it. You really yeah. do. Strategy,
3: strategy from now yeah. on. I still cannot believe that day that Scrape Squad had our reunion, that we were all somehow we had not coordinated, and we found out halfway through the hour that we were wearing the exact same Extra Life shirt. We had
2: all put it on. Beautiful. That's great.
5: Oh, my God.
0: Because Kexman went to go and get Pilk. But it was like, it was Coke and <laughs> milk, but whatever. You know, we, we were like, okay, whatever. So he comes back. and He's I'm like, like, hey, wait a minute, Cakes. Oh, where are the shapes. you And then Rook's like,
3: wait a minute. <laughs> Hold <on>. up. <laughs> also, I, should I not mention it? Should I mention it? Gosh, I cannot remember a time that I have laughed as hard during a race as the moment when we were trying to come up with a new name live because we were quad <laughs> previously. And what was the new one? It was Pilk. <laughs> Posse? Posse? Pilk?
1: Posse, yeah. No, I'm just saying that. I just thought... No, it
3: was
5: there
1: good. was... <laughs> Pilk
0: Patrol something. Pilk
3: Patrol. Pilk Patrol. Mm. And then, was it you, Sam? Because yeah, I accused there. Kex. I accused Kex of it initially. And I was wrong. But it was actually Sam who was like, yeah, we're in. like, we're pee-pee. <laughs> yeah, Because
0: Kex was like... Uh, he said something about, like the Pilk Patrol. And then, I, and then I was like, yeah, yeah, what are we, the pee-pee squad?
3: <laughs> and I... I. I mean, I
2: completely lost. <laughs> well, I mean, a drink does make you. <coughs> I
3: guess. I guess so... we had to apologize to Frosty a lot after that show. No yes.
2: Yeah, because Frosty
0: was like, "Well, you know, I thought it was <sighs> funny, but I don't know about the sponsors and <laughs> stuff like that, or the you or know what? the charity." And I'm like, mm.
2: Speaking of, of the sponsor, Corsair Ooh. was the the one that backed you guys this time, yeah.
5: Yes. So yep.
2: How does sponsors, having sponsors, uh, oh, like affect that, that race headset. world first?
5: Oh, oh.
3: hold on. Um, so, yeah, the HS80 uh, headset by Corsair.
4: So in general, it always depends on what the sponsor does for you, right? Um, mm-hmm. That can range from just goodies for giveaways, uh, things like that, which was the case with Corsair, uh, until, um, or up to the point where they literally give you money to pay for your expenses be it production be it the casters etc cetera, etc cetera. so it definitely helps us level up the broadcast in itself um deliver a better experience for the viewers and also well make things more interesting for both the viewers and competitors because thanks to Kose, for example we were able to offer for the first time ever a price a bounty for the mm-hmm. world first bounty. streaming on stream clear that yeah. that happened and uh team uh team kindred was the winner mm-hmm. of that one they did a fantastic job well deserved and i really hope they uh enjoy their goodies but on top of that we got to do the daily trivia we got to do community giveaways we got some headsets uh in the donation incentives in uh, as well so but from from that side it just it's, it's a little bit more value for the community that a sponsor mm-hmm. brings in, be it either on a production quality or just giveaways and stuff like that. Just gives us more options.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to be
4: honest with everyone. I've just been playing the long game right now because
0: I know we're going to get big sponsors and then I'll finally be paid. Sam, <laughs> <laughs> you, just said, just, you
3: just said it. You said it just right out loud. You said it yeah. out loud. <laughs>
0: No, I'm but kidding. That's, <laughs> I, like
4: that's that's the big dream, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the big dream. Like being able to not just bring in whoever we want for these community productions, put on an event for charity, but also pay people for their time. Mm-hmm. That would be the big dream. And it's a lot
2: of time that you guys give for this.
4: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> like Lydia was is. saying, not just like the casting hours. You lose right? sleep.
3: <laughs> Your sleep schedule yeah. screwed for who knows how long.
4: Yes. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is it is so much more i mean like we already we talked about a bit right but it's so much more than anybody thinks i mean imagine how hard it is to get eight people together to do a raid just to schedule them Just to be like, hey, please, everybody show up on Thursdays and be here and do your thing that you need to do and just be here for it. Please, thank you. Eight people. Think about if any of you have had that experience, how difficult that can be. Then think about if you're trying to coordinate long-distance technological Mm. screens, multiple stream points of views, uh, casting and host schedules, uh, rotation of content, (laughs) uh, all the -the behind-the-scenes planning, programming, execution, in-the-moment stuff, managing and moderating the chat. I mean there's so much, right? Let alone when we even have additional stuff like this where again, you're trying to keep things interesting, you're trying to keep things lively. And I know for me, like last week I had the intentions of it's like maybe I'll stream a little bit. Mm. And then I went, "No, I don't think I will." And I don't <laughs> know, I don't know how Sam you do it because for me, I just get I think it's just me maybe as well. I get so absorbed by like if I am doing this I am doing mm-hmm. this. So, like, anything that I could, I was like, you know, I'm doing double shifts most days, bare minimum. So if mm-hmm. I can be here and I can keep an eye on chat, I'm going to be watching this stream anyway because I'm going to be trying to get all the information so that when I have my shifts, I can be the most current, I can be the most up-to-date, I can make sure I'm speaking. on You know, I'm on top of it. And, you know, I, I like I said, you do research, uh, especially if it's for a game you don't know as well. But, of course, I mean, I, I know 14, That's- so... Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
4: That's, by the way, guys, how you can tell, Rook is very new to casting
3: because i still do research
4: no because you are still this heavily invested Mm. outside of your shifts
3: no 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 (laughs) look here's the thing i think that's just the kind of person i am like Mm -hmm. i think think even in two years i'm gonna be doing the same because Mm. i i mean i have a theater background and stuff right so i like for me, I mean of course if there are events where you're just like YOLO get in there and you're just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, okay, great. Well, what's who's the sponsor? Cool. Today's brought hey. to you by Corsair. Cool. People doing <laughs> stuff. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, you have those moments where you have to do that, but I tend to be the kind of person that like for me, I I go whole hog. You know, I have all my research and I've been this way in any production, any theater, anything because I think for me early on, you learn really quick that especially with community theater right it's like Mm -hmm. it takes a village you you're like a week out and the person that was supposed to do the posters doesn't do the posters so you're like well guess i'm a graphic designer and you just start (laughs) like (laughs) doing whatever you can Mm -hmm. so um to get paid for something like this like sam was saying i mean yeah so this would be great
0: (laughs) i i agree it would be great but here's the thing too though because i was joking about that mostly but um
2: <laughs> it's okay to want to be sure paid for that. your yeah, no, time it's fine. Yes. yes
4: yes
0: this is yes. gonna sound cliche but i am actually getting paid in exposure sure. that's one of the biggest things
4: <laughs> don't say sure. that sam yeah. shut you up you can't Get say out. it because Get that's
5: all not
0: against you well lithe already uses it against me all the time he's like <laughs> hey you want to come do this and i'm like sure, sure why not because <laughs> at the end of the day it's also resume building right now because sure. During, in some of my other productions, like like um, one of the shifts I ended, Final Fantasy fourteen, then I had to go and do Overwatch casting, and my producer was like, so I see you're doing this, like, thing, and it's it, it seems like it's going really well. I'm like, yeah, it's going awesome. And then yesterday, uh, another producer was like, so what was that thing you were doing? And I'm like, uh... Oh. And now I can also go because I sent out some, uh, you know, I'm sending out emails talking about some different things. And now I can be like, so I was part of this thing where I was like, you know, raised kind of a lot of money, uh, mm-hmm. and then I was like, and then I'd and then I'd also, you know, toot my own horn. I'd specifically highlight my shifts now, where I was like, all right, here's how much money I was able to do, um, and and here's what I was able to accomplish just based off of what I can mm-hmm. alone. Uh, obviously, not alone with with a, a, a amazing casters supporting me because I couldn't do it without them at all. But I can still say I can still point to this and it can be like, hey, here's what I was able to do. Here's what I here's here's why I think I'll be an asset to your broadcast. Here's why I think I'll be an asset to your production. This was a this was a high viewer. You know, there's a lot that you have to juggle. There's mm-hmm. a lot that you had to make sure that you're understanding. And so that's just another thing that you can add to the um to the broadcast. And this time around we got a free headset, so it's not the worst thing.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah, and and I don't... Go ahead.
2: Jinx, you first
1: I was just going to say it's, it's not you, you, you talk about being paid an exposure and things like that. Like that's one of the things about racing in general, that a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, they're just going to do it for this whole week. Do you know how much you have to sacrifice to do the whole week? I mean, so many groups, just at the beginning of this week, we're hitting as they call it the PTO in rage, right? I don't have yeah. any more paid time off. I'm not getting paid for this. I can't keep going. Right. It's the same for yep. the production crew, the people behind the camera, right? Like it's just, it's very important. And with more and more sponsors, with more and more people engaging, more and more entertainment, we're gonna get there. But in, it's it's hard to get there.
3: Yeah, and, and you shouldn't. I mean, it's a big
2: thing. You shouldn't feel oh, bad no, then. about about wanting to be paid for your time and building up your resume because it's nice when somebody else like speaks forward for you, but. No one's going to toot your horn but you. You got yeah. to be out there for yourself.
0: Yeah, because yeah. I, I was having a discussion, too, with my friends. Was like, is this, is this like, I'm, I'm, I'm emailing this person for a really important event. Is this, like, ostentatious? Am I coming off, like, a jackass right now talking about this? And they're like, no, you got to do, you know, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to do everything <laughs> I can uh, I mean, to make myself sound good. Uh, and, and in this industry especially, it, it really is all about the people that you know and how they know you. So if they don't, you really got to bring out every single available stop That yes, you can you get you got to bring you got to bring every single weapon in your arsenal
5: mm-hmm. yeah,
4: it, and it's it's one of the few things we can do for people right uh from the from the world race side of things because we sadly don't are not at the level where we can actually pay people for the time that they're investing which well hey if everyone is on board anyway then that's okay for us but we prefer to be able to if we can get there We'll get there hopefully at some point, but Mm -hmm. uh, outside of that, just the opportunity for people to build their resume, get the experience first and foremost Mm -hmm. as well, have some clips for their highlight reel because that is still something, for some reason, a lot of casters seem to just neglect and not do at all. Do your highlight reels, guys. Do
3: oh, re- highlight <laughs> No, I really um, want to, but I'm so bad at staying on top of it. But I mean it is it is it's oh,
4: It is hard. It is so hard, but it's so speaking important.
2: Speaking of highlights. What were you guys' highlights from this particular race? My segue. Nailing
5: it with a segue. That yeah, right. <laughs> Nailing that's it.
0: Clean.
3: Uh hype
0: train. That that's Yeah.
3: yeah. I guess that's I do clean. just wanna I wanna as we bridge into this as well, say that like I would do this even if we never got paid ever for all time because (laughs) it is it is a highlight the whole race is a highlight for me i mean i i have so many memories and i'm just i cherish them right of course as we talked about there's another side to it and of course there are so many things that we can do to continue to bring in talent and grow the quality and the technical production and everything else and extend out the race so that we can cover the whole thing and all those things come with sponsors but all of that aside and all of our discussion and jokes and not jokes aside I mean, honestly, the whole race is a highlight, so it's it's a joy to be a part of it. Um, the hype trains, yeah, for sure. The for sure. I also really enjoyed the blocks where we all got to cast together, be that scrape Squad, be that the little trio we got to do impromptorily that one day um i think those are so fun i love any time that there's major breakthrough of some kind of prog right i wish we've been able to see p6 but 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 um even those moments where we get into second trio or we get into you know oh we're in p5 and we're watching the transition um that's always amazing because you know we all want to see what's ahead so i really loved that um whiteboarding sessions were also a big one for me i really enjoyed doing those so that was great i don't know how about how about everybody else
4: Sam?
0: So. Yeah, uh, there's a lot that were like highlights for me. Can I say the entire thing? Like, is that fair? Sure. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, yeah the, I, I, I mean, it, every time I think about it, it just always comes back to the hype trains. It was just, I don't know. It, it, it was mind boggling to me to be a part of those shifts where that happened and to have been able to rally the community like that is it's not even just the highlight of that race but so far it's been the highlight of my entire hosting casting content creation career it's something that i'm just like what the heck just happened here outside of that though uh the pilk that was a big (laughs) one uh (laughs) the production the production having fun with it I, I I I love what production was able to bring to the table. It's always nice when you have production joining in on the shenanigans mm-hmm. of the race. Um, you could tell, like the first couple of days, you know, we're still getting used to each other. But once we got to that point, once once we once we managed to once we managed to break through that, it was so much fun. And I think that was just a highlight of this race. It was a fun. Race it was everyone having a good time. the chat was joining in on the memes. The chat themselves were having a good time and the 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 casters were were so engaged with what was going on. There were a couple of casters too it was their very first time uh mm. on broadcast and so to be able to you know show off their personality, I was just all in all it was just so much fun i I had a blast with it and mm. was one of the greatest productions I've ever been a part of. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, it was uh, it was great fun. Um, my personal biggest highlights, I think, the analyst desks uh, and how well they went, um, mm. how well production just took care of everything. Um, on top of that, just really having the peace of mind to go to bed and not be <laughs> stressed out about things going well the whole time was a massive, massive relief compared to some of the earlier races, Uh well, of course, it did help that Frosty was uh, back and uh, taking charge of a lot of things, and not me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, just how well it was received by the community that we hit such a massive and insane charity milestone... And just looking back at the race and afterwards reading through the community threads and what people were talking about, so far not finding any Reddit threads about how shit the broadcast was mm-hmm. this time around.
5: So,
3: <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, you really
4: got oh, to no. dig, Go dig deep
0: to find some of the criticism, yeah. so I was pretty yeah. happy about that. Yeah.
3: That's yeah. a huge one. I don't. I don't look at Reddit. I just can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do it. Everybody goes there to be the meanest ever, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes there's really fun, great stuff there. Like mm. it's not to say that all of Reddit is mm. terrible, but I've learned in my content creation career not to go there. So yes. a real highlight of this race for me was the fact that somebody messaged. Actually, I guess this is probably for me the biggest because um, I've been on my own journey with casting. And I fell in love with it hard, like Sam. I think we both got the bug after that first session. And I fell so in love with it that, I mean, honestly, at this point, if I could cast and host every single month, I would be so over the moon. Like, that would be my dream. I will pick up any game, cast for any mm-hmm. game, do anything. Um, because, yeah, it's 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 unlike anything else. And I, I just am so in love with it. And it feels like I get to bring together so many things. And I think one of the biggest parts of this race for me was that so many people said kind things and um, i got a message that said oh hey i heard such and such was telling me that they saw on reddit and i was like no no, no. <laughs> oh no <Yeah>. so <laughs> they oh, went no. that they thought you were a wonderful caster and that you were doing such a good job during the race and i i'm going to get emotional i uh, uh-huh. I had a real, I just had a rough start to the year. I was so tired <laughs> and I was feeling low about a lot of things and to see a lot of the work that I'd been doing and the experience that I'd gained from previous races come together where for the first time in a race, I didn't feel like I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I mean, you still do it. Sure. You always will. It's but production. I, yeah. yeah, I felt like yeah. I came in and I was like, I know how this goes. I can, like you said, Sam. I can make this worth our community.
5: And then I gotta like, say,
0: Oh, you know, Rook, I, cause I went through some of those Reddit threads and you were pretty much universally loved. I didn't see one single negative comment about any of the work that you did. Like everyone but- was like, their segments with Rook were like the best <laughs> segments. And so it was like, there you go. That's, that's awesome. If Reddit's on your side, you know,
4: you're doing something right.
3: Well, I just, I can't say, I can't say thank you enough. Cause I got so that's many a- kind messages and, um, there's so, a reason
4: why you two were picked as uh, the main host for this event
3: <laughs> what you didn't just like yes. roll some dice and then go oh god those two fine i guess
4: <laughs> no coincidentally, i did not yeah Who well if
0: just needed someone to fill in the in a hour yeah, that, that's me. that's why you were on sam <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. in general excellent <laughs>
5: Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, no, it's embarrassing. Lithi, you wrote one of the sweetest messages, too. I just, I mean, honestly, I can't say thank you enough to everybody. So that was a huge highlight. I clipped as many as I could. I screen capped the chat, or people were sending me screen caps, or I tried to screen cap moments as well for other people to put in the Discord behind the scenes. Like, hey, people were saying they love your whiteboard session. Hey, people Mm -hmm. were saying that they thought your puns were hilarious. People, Because, like, in the moment, I think sometimes people don't realize that, like, those even just if they fly by and chat those kind words, when you hear so many words on the internet, sometimes that aren't kind or that Mm -hmm. don't even acknowledge that you exist because I mean, Hey, we're all here on this huge internet together.
0: Yeah. You talk about, you know, at the end of a shift, how it, cause like at the end of a shift, I'm exhausted. I I don't know. I go and lay down for like two hours and then (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a human being again, but there there's, it's understated how much stress you're under during the production as well. Because you have to make sure that you're 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 writing a fine balance between what you want to do on that broadcast, between making sure that the gameplay is being done, between making sure that you're reading out sponsor blurbs correctly, between making sure that you're highlighting the charity, between making sure that you're asking you know getting the casters engaged. There's so much going on in this point as a like because you can look at a content creator right when we're streaming it's we're, we're having fun with our community we're having a good time you know we do these things here and there and then you go over into the hosting role or casting role where all of a sudden you're thrust into the limelight of ten thousand people watching you and judging yeah. you based on every single thing that is coming out of your mouth that is a lot to deal with and so um whenever you whenever you get the kind messages uh, where, where someone was like, you did a really great job. I, I just want you to know that you really made my week. Those are the messages that, you know, remind you, hell yeah, this is awesome. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that was that was amazing to see the love the community had for the event and for, you know, each individual time slot and for, you know, so many people. So, again, your words mean the world. And they were probably one of the big highlights for me, too. Um I mean, if, if there aren't are there any other highlights anybody wanted to toss out there?
4: Odds cat. I'm not going to say anything.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I've never seen a cat like that before. It's the craziest thing in the world. Odds cat was the cutest, just climbing up, for anybody who, who didn't see, climbing up on him while he was just, like, casting and talking and hugging him like a little baby. Just, like, just <laughs> like, holding just for the entire shift, for, like, uh, two hours, this cat would just be in his arms, like, hugging him. And at one point, <laughs> on a shift with Sam and Todd, and I think it was was Jess, I think it was Jess, too, we had the uh, cat ASMR casting, where mm. <laughs> you could hear the cat purring, and everybody was just like, and they're moving in for the mechanic mm. again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was so good. <sighs> and then I just loved that we got to have, like, a... Um, a, a spinoff of cat moments too because i got my old man cat george here when we smashed a goal and got to feed him cheese live and let me tell you that that was george's highlight of the entire <laughs> race to world first and also he's so old he's i was telling chat he's 20 years old and in the chat everybody was just like i love george old george so cute old man old man george love george and i was just like george Buddy, in my head, right. I'm like, you're about to die soon. <laughs> <Just> a, <laughs> this is really the most love you've ever gotten in your whole life, and it was so sweet to see everybody just love watching this old cat eat cheese. And then we also had—I mean, we had other cats come on too. We had our bird co-star, our our bird guest. It was so mm-hmm. fun. I loved everybody's pets making appearances.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, the kind of it's things. That it's, yeah, it's the kind mm-hmm. of things that you're not going to get out of any other esports broadcast. Is the yeah. uh, personal <laughs> personality the the. The, yeah, the personal segments, the, mm-hmm. the fun
2: Some stuff. Some feathered
3: and furred cuties. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was very good. Um, well, if we, those highlights aside, I mean, obviously when you're watching a race to world first or a uh, world first race or a world race, because again, they're, they use yeah. a lot of different terminology and I believe mm-hmm. it's world race for 14 specifically, but I will continue to call it the race oh, to world first. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's just me. Sorry, Frosty. It's like band you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but the big yes. thing that we all gather to see is the progress through the fight, right? And, of course, the Omega Protocol is an incredibly difficult fight. We weren't sure initially if it was going to be. We thought, okay, well, Yoshi P has said it won't be more difficult than he DSR. Lied. Yes, right? And everybody's going, well, I think, it. it'll you know, how could they live up to the other stuff that they've done? So I think this will be fine, and we'll get through it, and teams will make good progress. And, of course, it ended up being incredibly hard and a phenomenal test of player coordination skill and communication in split second moments right for a no break no holds barred like i don't even know what the final clock in came was it 20 minutes do we know how much it was
5: oh no i think
3: was. i don't know i mean i would want to say like 18 maybe no well like 16 to 18 is usually what we hit but either way um phenomenal fight of course that did unfortunately mean that we didn't get to see the clear on stream because we had budgeted around that same dsr time so off stream we saw our winners neverland uh being the Mog Talk winner technically as of february 1st and huge 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 congratulations to them it was great to watch their progress um but we got to see with some of the other stuff that came out and then some of the controversy the p6 transition here chat says 1901 for the kill time yeah Nineteen oh one. So it was about twenty minutes. Holy yeah, just butt. About.
5: Yeah.
3: holy cow. Um mm-hmm. so P six transition. <laughs> Has everybody seen it?
5: Yes. Yes.
3: Yep. Yes. Yeah? Yeah? Zen? No. <gasps> oh Zen, do you care if we spoil? No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about P six transition? Oh, ah,
4: it was okay. It was kind of cute, but... Yes. It didn't... Uh, mean... Go ahead. It felt out of place. It felt out of place. Like, yes, exactly. The whole fight, yes. we had this whole theme of Omega evolving and Omega pushing itself further, especially P5 with all the dynamism and everything. Um, The whole thing powering up further and further. And then suddenly in P6, out of nowhere, without any indication f- beforehand, whatever, Alpha just walks in. Like... I get that he's in there, but please yeah. come come on. At least bring me Alpha a phase earlier. At least mm-hmm. sit him on the sideline of the arena or something. It was so that you're
1: wondering, you know?
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it had the same impact as, like, the DSR narrative, mm-hmm. right? The DSR fight, my gosh, I think is the best cinematic narrative ultimate that we've had. Mm -hmm. And those moments, I mean, I will never forget from that race when Zep and I live, we were duo casting and we hit the first turn back time where the clock split and we were both just screaming. (laughs) like We were losing it because so many of us had like... Stayed spoiler-free, and of course, we were theorizing that it would happen, but we hadn't seen it live, and that was a phenomenal moment. So it's kind of a bummer we didn't get to experience that on stream, and in that regard, I agree with you, Lithi, that I think the transition feels like so much of the rest of the fight is technically just the bosses we've already seen, right? Mm, Even with the golden phase and everything else and the implementation of Dynamis, which I do love as something that they worked into this alternate telling. But does it really, like, have a huge narrative arc in that sense? Like, you get the dialogue stuff, yeah, mm. but like you said, you don't see alpha, you don't see that kind of build in it in that way. Um, But all of that aside, I actually think the final form is so cool. It like, is I really cool, yeah. <laughs> Oh.
1: Absolutely. It looks great. You know, eh, transition... Yeah, but that phase is so amazing. It's so cool. It's just everything we want to see from Dynamis everywhere else. I I haven't
4: even looked at the last phase probably. Oh my goodness. I just saw a bunch of LB3s being spammed,
1: basically.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Aldino, do you want to walk us through? Aldino, do you want to cast here for a second and walk us through the major beats of that thing?
1: (laughs) Well, I I can't walk you all the way through because I've only read it because I've only had time to read. My job is so busy, which is why I can never (laughs) hop into these, which I would love to one of these days. But the biggest part of it is the repeated limit breaks. Like everybody, just about everybody gets to do a limit break. It's amazing. It's fun. And you need them to survive and to kill it. Um, There's even a moment where you can get to use it on ads, which as a caster, I'm like, oh, look, that's why I have a limit break, right? I can actually use a limit break in a fight every once in a while. That's nice. Um, but it's just that mechanic that I thought we would see in, in, in singer. Now, I'm not going to spoil that too much, because I know some people haven't seen the end of the MSQ, but when we're talking about Dynamis and you bring it into the fight, you want to get that payoff. Like uh, Warrior of Light, there's a payoff, even though we didn't know it was Dynamis, with the Limit Break mechanics that they Ooh. have. It's similar, but reversed. It's you showing your mastery of Dynamis, that you know how to use it, and it's great. And it's Omega, you know, Alpha Omega, using it, and you showing, well, we have mastery of this as well. And it's you versus them to the last moment. And it's just such a cool narrative moment where the rest of the fight didn't have that many, like you guys are saying. So that's why I like
2: it. Just triggered something weird in my brain, making me Uh realize that in that fight where you're a flight, the boss is using dynamis and oh yeah dynamis we learned from the msq that they weren't very good at that
1: yeah they weren't until they oh let's not go into big tangent let's not talk
3: about it but i was going wait a minute I mean look, there's a lot of ways that we could tie in that journey yeah. or go into a whole lore and perspective uh-huh. on that but oh. I mean yes I agree in that I am so sad that we didn't get more of that sooner in the fight so that we could yes. actually have that in the casting because I think those are the big narrative moments and mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's, is it enlightened omega? That is that what it's called? Uh
1: alpha I omega see. I believe.
3: Alpha it's just oh it's just alpha omega I thought yeah, somebody alpha I thought omega. I saw a reference it's to enlightenment extended, yes. with it. <laughs> which is cool. so
1: the debuffs or buffs might be, I just know that the, the mob itself is Alpha mm-hmm. Omega.
3: Alpha Omega, okay. Um, and it's just so neat with these, like, the the multi-hands and, like, the, all the arms, mm-hmm. and it's got this very humanoid form, but then its heart is Alpha. And, yeah. um, like you said, having these themes where everybody gets to use these big emotional moments, mm-hmm. I, too, had really hoped that, especially in End singer Extreme, which yeah, <laughs> might be my... <laughs> most disappointing fight in the whole yes, game. Yeah. I really hoped that for there would be like a bonus phase yeah. or like a, a hidden At least phase. a
4: different piece of music.
3: Yes, where you get exactly. the theme from the story and stuff and that musical piece and you get to have this moment. Oh, you know why they couldn't do that? Because we'd just be crying the whole time.
2: It'd be really That's hard. True. but it'd <laughs> <we'd> actually <laughs> make the fight hard. The come on, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah.
4: You, you can't bring that argument in. They did harsh
3: <laughs> I know, I know. You can't I, do it so, twice in a
4: row, though, right? This.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I am sad that we didn't get to see that in other parts of the story um, and that it was kind of at the end, but I think that final phase, to me, is the most indicative of what the Omega Protocol is. You know, mm-hmm. just like DSR was this alternate timeline, darkest timeline, Horchifont lives, you get to save him. To me, that's the phase that defines the whole fight. And it's phenomenal that it's there that after you've made it through this incredibly brutal, so hard, Mm multi-phase fight that so many of these teams, I mean, even the best players in the world, as we say, or at least those who are the most motivated to do something like this in this time frame, um, all coming together and then being able to finally hit that final phase. It's incredible because I do think it's a testament in many ways to that spirit, right? Mm -hmm. To that, that... Payoff. You know, this is what builds our limit break bar. in In an actual emotional journey of a fight, you get through these gruel- grueling things. You get through this as a team. You coordinate together. You work together, and that um, indefinable human spirit. Right. That. Mm-hmm propensity towards learning from suffering and finding hope even in the darkest moments or, um, you know, facing impossible odds. Mm. It, it, it's something that I love to see how they bring to life in the game. And I think that final phase is a phenomenal payoff when you get there. It just takes a while. and ah. uh, hmm. huh? that, That's a question I had. Uh, actually, it was,
2: did you guys think it was going to take that long? Like going into it? For groups to clear? You yeah. mean in general? Yeah, yeah. Nope. No, as as you watch. Yeah, as you watched, did you sort of go, Oh, this is gonna take longer.
4: Yeah, so after the first two or three days, I was starting to think, yeah, this is definitely gonna be a DSR case. Um, then of course there was some some drama with leaks and stuff, uh mm-hmm. where phases got leaked from internal stuff apparently. Yeah. Uh, that you all probably read about. Um, that made me think, okay, if someone basically leaked the whole of P5, this is not going to be too hard. Well, turns out <laughs> teams either completely ignored it, which I respect immensely, or mm. didn't help because all of the other stuff that was going on during that phase with the puzzle element, right? So mm. when that leak came out, I thought, okay, this phase is going to be wrapped up in no time, this is going to be dead by Sunday. Turned out I was wrong and it ended up being as hard as I initially expected after the first two or three mm. days. When we went into planning this event, we were definitely not expecting it to be even remotely as hard as DSR. We were expecting five to six days maximum for World First, six day maybe even an on-stream clear. So, yeah. Mm. Big yikes. So,
2: Sam, uh, if I could have you chime in here, what do you think made it so difficult specifically?
0: Uh, I there were some really tight DPS checks. I I think that was what a lot of people were talking about during the entire um, ultimate was just because when you think about it for every single phase where you had to meet this DPS check, this really, and and, and really it was just purely a DPS check. There was like no secrets to it. It was just, you got to hit this DPS check. And if you don't, there's no point. Like the We, we saw it happen in, in Phase 2 where it was like you have the enrage timer already popping off, and if you don't hit it, if anyone died during that phase, that's it. You're done. You mm-hmm. gotta wipe. You gotta start again. Yep. But the problem then becomes, if we die in Phase 1, right, then we're gonna miss out on DPS that we need to bring into subsequent phases. Even if we do revive them, even if we are able to recover, the rest of the fight just became that much more difficult. And so... You got to go through all of this time, this endurance run, while making sure you're playing perfectly. 18 mm-hmm. minutes of, 19 minutes of perfection. Nothing less. And while also making sure that you, like, you meet these incredibly hard DPS checks, while having to make sure that you're theorycrafting correctly about what's going on. Are Is it really this simple? Or, mm. like, right, is it really just a simple DPS check?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. On, top, on top of that, it wasn't even the, just the DPS checks, right? That were the are, is everyone alive checks. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, of, the body the, checks. The, like, the body checks. Hello World. Literally every <laughs> step of Hello World in P3 wipes you if one single person of your group is not alive. Mm-hmm. And it is so, so tough. Mm.
3: It is a testament to team play in the game. Yeah. yeah. I I love that they did this for this one in retrospect because one of my favorite mechanics from the entire game is the original, Hello World. And one of the things that made my brain sparkle about it is the fact that I am such a sucker for those mechanics, even if it means I'm still going to mess them up just like anybody. I love them. (laughs) Those mechanics where it is the dance maximized, right? Where Hmm. every single person has to know how to just move in tandem at the exact moment, where you stand one pixel into the right place, exactly how you time and move. And I remember the first time that I was really starting to get a grasp on hello world. And I, our caller was like, you know, hold and move, hold and move such and such in, out. And there was something about like, where I transcended my body. And it was like, I was back in dance class again. Mm -hmm. And you know, you could hear like a person like calling out. It it just had this rhythm to it. It had this dance. Yes, like, and I loved that moment because I think this fight is so difficult in how it, from beginning to end, puts you through that kind of challenge. It's not just one person's personal responsibility at any given time. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those fights where you need at least a couple people who know what's happening and then everybody else can run in and they can follow suit. It's not one of those fights where you have these kind of, I don't know, like DPS. Oh gosh, I think about those Jack dolls where it's like mm-hmm. DPS yeah. has this, one incredibly punishing task and you must not mess it up and nobody else mess it up for them and everybody else, you know. It is that literally from beginning to end in this fight, you are in that moment. You are in that dance class together. You are executing it together. And I mean, I think it plays beautifully into the Limit Break stuff later and the Dynamis things and those themes, but it made it so hard for this fight because everybody had to be on those group movements at the same Mm -hmm. time. And then like you said, Sam... If you were able to do that and polish it, then you had the DPS checks to worry about where it's not just how do we get in position at the exact same time to get the exact same thing to do this pattern that we have to do Mm -hmm. to get this that has 50 different iterations. Then it's also how do we optimize that somehow for DPS?
1: (laughs) Yeah, me. You go ahead. No, no, that was it. That was just, oh. uh... (laughs) Well, so to me, I have two theories about rating. I've been rating since it has existed. I'm old. (laughs) You're not allowed to say that. All the way back in EverQuest, before that, Earth and Beyond, like every MMO that I could get my hands on. And I have to raid to live in an MMO. Like if I'm not raiding, I'm not playing the MMO. But raiding, and people call it the dance, and I agree with that. And this is going to be very nerdy, so beware. To me, it's more like marching band. Now follow me on this one. Because you have you have to be in your positions. You have to get there when you have to get there to make this beautiful picture. But you're also playing your instrument, your rotation, your timeline at the same time, while also listening to the director, the ninth man, about fast, slow, this way, that way, if there are any adjustments. And to me, it's it's doing all of that together. And then you introduce the P5 DPS check in which... You have to readjust your entire timeline so that you're on right then for that company front to use marching band parlance. It's, it's so multifaceted and in a fight like this, it makes you throw out your timeline and recreate a whole new one to get yeah. the effect that you need. And it's just when you couple that with the fact that everyone has their own cadence of mistakes, right? Some people are one in every five times they try it. That's pretty good. Some people who are world firsters are, like, one out of every ten. You know, they're very consistent. But clear is all of that lining up at once. All of your individual chance of of failure lining up so that you're at that one time that you all get it right. And it's just so amazing to see. And that's why it's so difficult. Um, But, yeah, yeah, that's my rant about it. And you see that in this fight so much. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean...
4: We we're, we're we're talking a lot about this, but mm-hmm. also the just the aspect of puzzle solving, right? Yeah, uh, the, which has been a lot more intense than it's been since T uh, overall for any mm-hmm. progress in Final Fantasy, I think. So a lot of the riddles and how do you play mechanics because they're yeah. Especially, for example, for P3, there were a few kind of red herrings uh, that you could run into if you were not careful, things like that. So Mm. there's some some considerable considerable aspects that added a lot of time to the whole difficulty as well.
3: Mm. So we obviously watched... There were kind of two races going on, right? We've got the one that we were watching live and the competitors that were streaming. Mm And then obviously there was the greater picture where we had non-streaming, but from our streaming teams, right? Obviously, like we mentioned, Neverland took it. Uh, and we weren't live at the time, but they did and they did great. And we're so proud of them. And I wanted to ask Sam and Lithie, um, did we think, did you think that Neverland was going to be the one out of our stream teams that took it? Or did you have a moment where you Didn't were like, you Oh, mean. I'm Neverland so sorry. I'm saying right. Neverland. Yes, you're right. Kindred, 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 um, Kindred took it from ours. Apologies, everybody. Um, um
4: I think it was incredibly close between Kindred and Otternuts because most of the time Otternuts was leading, but when it came to the weekend and especially Saturday, Sunday, Kindred started to outperform Otternuts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could, I think, a little bit of fatigue setting in. I'm not quite sure what exactly it was or if they just had a better grasp on P5, P6, but you could definitely tell that Kindred was pulling ahead and ultimately, of course, they also uh, won Mm -hmm. won the stream team race. Um, but both teams neck to neck was an incredibly exciting race. And that's kind of what makes it a lot of fun is
0: being able to have that sort of narrative where you're having this neck and neck race. Even if it's between first and second or third and fourth, right? Mm. It's it's yeah. you, you're you're having this race that's so exciting and being able to um have that competition and seeing it go forward like that that you really don't know who's going to be able to pull ahead until they do pull ahead and then then it becomes a little bit more clear about who's going to be able to take it uh so yeah i i i i I gotta go with what lithi said it's it's just really impressive what kindred was able to pull off and um until of course be the first uh, they get to have the title of being the what like the first team to take home the corsair bounty prize yes Mm -hmm. which is really cool
3: yeah yep. they both teams performed so well, Kindred and Honor Nuts. and again, sorry for saying neverland so much. my brain has turned to mush post't well, <laughs> anyway. yeah. I know I don't have yeah. my spreadsheet open and we've got a lot of controversy to talk about down the road, yeah. but kindred, yeah. of course, I mean, I think in particular, I started to feel more like Kindred was going to take it uh when we started hitting day five because like you were saying, they started to pull ahead. Day four into day five, I think we just saw Kindred hitting that, especially P5, more, 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 and and just more consistently than most mm. of the other groups were. And they were really kind of on the forefront of pushing through some of that initial positioning, um, even as we were going through to day six on a lot of the stuff that happens in leading into second trio. So I was, I was feeling like they were probably going to be the ones to take it. But I mean, it was such a close race. Like we were saying, P5 was that deadlock for so many groups. That it's great because when you get to that point, it means that that gap closes in such a mm-hmm. way that those teams that have been working, you know, to get to that point now actually have a moment where possibly they could take the lead. You know, with the amount of data they've gathered with, you know, how the leading teams have shown, if they can be the ones that then can compile that and act quickly enough, they can push forward. But of course, then you actually have the teams that have been in the lead who have been had the most like hands on time with everything um in that phase and navigating it and and pulling it apart so um this time around of course we did see kindred actually take it but i like fights that are close like that because Mm -hmm. it feels much more exciting
2: (laughs) well i think it might be time to turn to the dark side of the internet you guys are you ready
5: let's go yeah yeah
3: yeah
2: yeah Yeah. kindred was Uh, Go ahead, Zen. I was going to say, the title for for this section of the outline is, What is Yoshi P going to do with you?
4: (laughs) Nothing.
3: Nothing. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Kindred was our winner for the race, Mm -hmm. the Mog Talk race, right? But of course, unnamed, Mm -hmm. underscore, uh, the JP (laughs) team technically technically was technically was the first winner. Very Mm
5: -hmm. technically.
3: Little
0: asterisk, little star. was
3: the first clear. They initially reported that on January 31st, and it was later discovered from footage that at least one of their teammates had been using a third-party zoom-out tool. To get an advantageous far out perspective of the arena, just making it much easier to see where everybody was, where you know things are appearing in the arena, what that actual layout is, and then of course the many, 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 a many space terrible memes. Terrible happenstance, yep. <laughs> but holy crap, the moons were good on this
2: one. You the guys, the memes were, great. The oh, memes were so amazing.
1: They're oh. so good. Oh. The
2: community. Oh. Brought so many like old ones back too. It's, it's very a classic feel, a new new twist on some classics, if you will. Uh, oh they were brilliant.
4: I'm. I'll be very honest with you guys. I am already so bored of this whole discussion. Yeah, exactly. uh, I know. Exactly. Because for me, as a WoW player, I've been mm-hmm. casting WoW World First Races for four years now. To me, that's the that's the most rotten horse. In the basement that mm-hmm. people get back to with their baseball bats every now and then because mm. the the whole discussion of oh no third party tools oh my god yeah people have been using that literally forever. since forever why are you suddenly so up in arms against it like i don't i don't get it it's it's completely beyond me but it's, yeah at the same time and i think i'm kind of grasping a little bit ahead in our topics here honestly i think Square Enix is to blame, because they keep putting out their stance of no tolerance for third party, and then they refuse to do anything against it. They're not breaking mm-hmm. API, they're not breaking the functionality of the add-ons, which I know they are able to do
5: mm-hmm.
4: without hitting the community too hard. And they don't do it, because they don't want to, because they're lazy, because they don't have the dev time, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but they refuse to do anything about it. So... The fact that they are now coming out with a statement of, okay, we keep telling you guys, don't do it. We might have to, if you keep doing it, we might have to stop developing ultimates. Like, come on, Yoshi. No, I know it's it's posturing. If the people are not going to listen, he might actually do it. But mm-hmm. it, it is, it's, it's such an overblown reaction to a topic that has been around for years on end. And they are to blame for it going this bad. They could yeah. they could come out with a statement of quality of life, accessibility, third-party tools are fine. You can use them. Things like ACT that do not influence the in-game gameplay are fine. You are allowed to do it. We'll build in a separate logging functionality mm-hmm. so you don't have to use ACT that grabs data in-game live, basically, yep. to upload logs and go through fights to grab the data because that is such a modern thing and almost required by now with how difficult mm. these fights are getting.
1: As a software um, engineer, I hate saying how easy it is for someone to do anything, but the simple yes. solution is to make logging part of the game. This is why you can log in Warcraft. There's a log. There's actually a log to a actually log. File, log. Yeah. yeah, if there was one, you wouldn't need a third-party tool. You could, think- like the memes say, just do it in Excel. The you thing could. is, Final Fantasy
4: already has a combat log chat. Mm-hmm. Like You literally have the events of the fight being drawn out for you, and a log site like FFLogs, for yeah. example, does nothing else than read this text file and translate that into graphics. Yep. So the fact that Square Enix still is so hesitant and refusing to do anything about third-party tools in general because they keep reiterating that we don't want to check people's pc we don't want to do anti-cheat software and things like that like okay but then don't give us these zero zero tolerance stance on third-party tools and of course that doesn't include stuff like what we've seen now with this world race which is a little bit of a st- oh, yeah. special case like mm-hmm. actual zoom hacks like mm-hmm. that's not third-party tools that is yeah. like just that's just straight up cheating that's that is never okay yeah and yeah. splatoon
1: and stuff like that yeah like you cannot yeah. do these things right like it's and it you're you're completely correct it's because of the 100 percent. no well but if it was 100% no then how would we even be able to do anything because yeah, why is this, why is this person... technically possible yeah like every single group who was running and tracking world first have had to use one third party tool to get on ff log mm-hmm. every single one of them like that undermines the entire thing if you're saying that you can't use any mm. but everyone has used one Blah. you know and then you get into quality of life like we can't get rid of those and i agree we cannot but we have to be able to separate them we have to be able to say that those are unacceptable and everyone knows that and that's what gets the band hammer as it should right because if you've seen some of these videos it's it's even more than deadly boss mods which is saying a lot that's a really big thing to say but it is in some cases
2: the video clip we saw for, like, that showed that this this team, or at least this one person on the team, cheated is almost yeah. nothing compared to compared
4: some
5: to, of yeah. the cheats that yeah, are out you, there.
4: If you look at stuff like Splatoon, that literally shows you mm-hmm. the hitboxes of AoEs before their boss is even casting them, yeah. stuff like that is. It, like,
3: overlays them yeah. for anybody yes. who hasn't seen any of it. Like, where you in literally can see the pattern yeah. in the world of what that AoE will be. And, yeah.
4: You you can immediately spot the issue with how things are going and how Square Enix has no experience with handling this. Yeah. Because you look over to World of Warcraft where this topic has been around mm-hmm. for years on end. Mm-hmm. And weak auras like this and well the, the the most popular tool for World of Warcraft are add ons like that and haven't mm-hmm. existed in World of Warcraft for years. One of the one of the heights of add on assisted raiding where add-ons really almost played the fights for you was the end of Wallace of Draenor, if you mm-hmm. remember Hellfire Citadel and Archimonde. Yep. There was a weak aura. One of the main mechanics of that boss fight that made the fight difficult was completely solved by a weak aura that told you where to stand, actively adapting to your movement mm-hmm. in the boss room and scanning the room for all your teammates and basically literally solving the mechanic life for you without, while you could turn off your brain. What did Blizzard do? They saw, okay, yeah, this is possible. We don't like it. What are we going to do? Yeah, we're breaking the API for yep. this. You can't do this anymore. And it is technically possible. Yes, you have to invest some dev time into it. But if you're, if you're saying zero tolerance, we don't want you to use third party, then you need to invest the hours and make sure that from your end, at least you at least fulfill the, the minimum amount of requir- amount required for, to yeah. discourage people from using it. Yes. Using it. Because word well, first race is always going to be this arms race, which the yes, teams keep arms bringing race. up, right? We need mm-hmm. to do this to stay competitive, otherwise we have no chance to get world first.
3: And it's, yeah. I mean, it is. It's this really awful situation. I mean, even in the post from Yoshi P, we saw that they take responsibility. I mean, I thought this was so interesting because, I mean, I know at least several of our members here have some programming background or Mm -hmm. work in conjunction with programmers for various things. And when I went out, uh, when we first were getting news about the uh, leaks that were coming out, right? Like Mm -hmm. the leak P5 and everything else, I said to my partner um, who is a software engineer and a programmer, I was like, well, uh, you know, there were leaks, I haven't looked at them. Of course, those of us on the race, I think are trying really hard not to look at any of them because Mm -hmm. we just want to cast and just have that experience and we're not like acknowledging it. And the first thing they said to me was, well, that's Square Enix's fault. And I was like, what? And they were like, as a programmer, it is one of your major responsibilities to make sure that what you are creating, you know, if you don't want it to be hacked, broken, leaked, etc., that you are creating it in such a way that it is It is loophole proof. And of course, that's an ongoing process. And of course, you're constantly finding that something did get broken or something did get taken, right? So in that regard, Yoshi P's letter acknowledges that and says very clearly, you know, we realize that many of these things are our fault and that some of this stuff coming out or our own internal leaks and these Mm -hmm. things, that's on us and that we need to tighten these things and and look at other iterations of security for this and how we program, or we have this issue with the unending journey, which then mm-hmm. unknowingly was able to be used to get the cutscene for. Mm. So these kinds of things, like, you know, he very clearly said this is our responsibility. Mm-hmm. But Lithy, to your point, you are correct in that we are in this really awkward spot because mm. this is the third time now that this has no. happened with the race yeah. and yeah. i all i can say is as a caster although we tried very hard not to be you know not to lower the mood when we were actually mm. live is that boy did it get so tiring seeing the many many devolving arguments about oh, if people oh aren't screaming they're cheating if people Ugh. aren't streaming they're cheating if people aren't and you know we're trying as much as possible to keep the chat from becoming this miserable place that nobody wants to be in, hmm. and trying to moderate it and trying to keep the focus on the teams that are streaming and having fun with this and then that moment of just defeat i felt when unnamed it turned out had been cheating i was like i've spent <sighs> all week trying to combat this mentality yep. yeah and yep. then you did this and that's, but- that's- yeah, That's the ahead, problem sorry.
4: that comes along with the whole thing, right? We we do not know what people are using because no one is streaming. Well, that is completely fine. We don't need people to stream. We need to yeah. be in a position where we can acknowledge a world first kill as a legitimate world first clear when they are not streaming. Because if mm-hmm. we don't, then the whole thing is going to shit and worthless, basically. Yes. We we never will have an official world first uh that we can crown. We'll only have the people that were the most transparent about their progress and managed to clear it before the other people that were Mm -hmm. transparent about the process, which basically is the mock talk world race. And it's Mm -hmm. going to be very interesting to see the the evolution the community is going to go through towards the Mm -hmm. next Savage because we're already hearing the conversations, we're already hearing or seeing the Mm -hmm. results. GMT, so XTPS, now streaming their prog, at least the end of their prog, things like that. People will stop not streaming we will see most of the if not all of the top teams will be streaming their progression next race around i am 90 percent sure mm-hmm. just because they do not want the bad publicity of well not streaming they're cheating because the community mm-hmm. is too dumb to not do it
3: <laughs> I mean, it's it's frustrating. Okay, like dumb. I mean, of course, it's 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 tough. And this is me yeah. being
4: salty. Very well, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah.
3: I, know yeah. I get it. It's like when Frosty called Sam dumb. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Oh. Oh. No, it's just it's one of those things okay. where, of course, we're not like, I don't want to insult the intelligence of anyone. It's just that it is frustrating, I think, for us, mm-hmm. right? Like, it is frustrating because in a situation like this, right, like we've talked about, it's community organized. Mm-hmm. It's It's community made. And in this community, I mean, in this in this world, in this game, does everybody have to be a content creator? Does everybody have to be a streamer? Does everybody have to run these streams to prove that they just are playing the game mm-hmm. and enjoying it? No. So, like, in those regards, I am not unhappy that we did say, hey, not everybody has to stream when we were live, right? Mm-hmm. Because I stand by that in a perfect world No, these teams don't have to stream Mm -hmm. if they don't want to. I'm exhausted. We all talk about we get exhausted. You do a shift. You just like go lay down. Anytime I have a stream, I'm like, oh, that did take a lot out of me in a good Mm -hmm. way. But, you know, I still need time to recover, let alone when you're trying to focus on something like this. But then you're trying to stream and you have hundreds of thousands of people, perhaps hundreds, space, or thousands of people that are watching you
4: and everyone's clipping your fails yes
3: and everybody's clipping your failures and everybody is you know like that's a lot of pressure so of course in a community organized volunteer thing we don't want to have to say to everybody like shake them down like you have to be a part of this so help us like that's not our that's not our purview like if they don't want to sign up that is their free will not to and Mm -hmm. However, like this does put us in a bad spot because we have seen that there is some kind of correlation to yeah. the fact that, yes, if you, it is easier to do these things if you are not streaming. That's not to say that you can't do them and stream. Oh, yeah. But like it is easier to, I think, be less transparent if you are not. And we have seen groups take advantage of that. So, of course, that leads us to these much bigger discussions of how do we do this? How do we make it a real thing? And Lithi, like you were saying, because I wanted to circle back, right? there there comes a point where it is frustrating because like you're saying, either lock the game down or don't. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are things that cross the line, but where do we draw these lines? And I mean, this is all part of what we're talking about in this section. So I, I want to bring us to maybe a few of our directed topics that'll kind of mm-hmm. take us through it. But the first thing that I wanted to ask, um, and I'm kind of jumping around in our document here, so don't mind yeah. me, but this kind of organically leads in. But the first thing I wanted to ask about this is, do we think or do we know that third-party tools now this includes act this includes Mm. anything that could fall underneath third-party tool do we need third-party tools for a world first race Uh,
4: so when we're just talking about the raiders uh Mm -hmm. about the people playing the boss fights and clearing is it ultimately necessary to clear the fight absolutely not You can clear and, in theory, win a world first without using a single Mm -hmm. third-party tool. Literally, just the information presented on your screen, it is possible. (sighs) Is it incredibly difficult to solve mechanics on this level, especially what we've seen with Top, without Mm. logs, without the data breaking down how much damage stuff did, how much damage you need to do? timings timelines Mm -hmm. assigning cds (sighs) no it's not it's 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 dumb it's so dumb to do because it's so damn difficult try breaking down a 20 minute fight with incredible difficulty without having a statistic site or a tool or something mm-hmm. backing you up where you have to enter every single detail and everything by hand into an Excel sheet yourself because you have neither a dungeon journal that's telling you how much damage stuff does that tells you how much health the bosses have or that tells you the timeline of when mechanics occur who gets which debuff how many, how many of those mm-hmm. uh, are out how many seconds are they active in that regard and that's been one of the main memes Excel is a third party tool. It is. Screenshots are a third party tool. Yeah. I mean, sure. Keyboard It is
1: literally that. My computer. Discord. Discord exactly. is a third party tool. It is. It is. Do you, we
5: don't do have you
4: voice
1: need all that to clear it. No, you don't, but it sure
3: it's, does make it easier it would more be efficient. painful
4: if you didn't do it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Plus, yeah. I mean, how do you. Sorry, I'll, I'll do it. I'm just oh, no, gonna, I'll fine. make this quick. I'll make this quick. No, but it's fine. how do you even verify data or information? with an authoritative stance, right? We look at, look at how many people come in for the races, particularly from a streamed element, right? From an entertainment Mm. element, people come in and immediately they go, what's the leaderboard look like? We get that information from flogs. I, I I, like, that's where it comes from. Um, sorry, I stumbled over it because for a moment I was like, am I going to get in trouble if I say that? But I, I, it's obvious and it's apparent. Like mm -hmm. it's not something that we hide or, or coy about like, Mm -hmm. But that data comes directly from that, and to be able to verify, this is, I I think, a a measure of the uh, do we have data logs like this in-game or damage logs or things like that in-game that maybe we don't always talk about, right? Because for the vast majority of players, there's a much greater debate as far as casual content and things go. But when it comes to something specifically in relation to the race to World First or the World First competition... How do you verify these things? How do you even dynamically keep track of things without these tools? You know, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: We put us all in one big plane during the next race war first, and we fly it all <laughs> around the world. And when all of the raiders are on there, and we're all checking their PCs all the time. <laughs> oh my
3: god! I mean, that would be fun. I mean, I would not be adverse to yeah. a an in person race. That would be amazing. Anyway, Aldino, I cut you off. What were you going to say before I? I, jumped I was in?
1: just going to say that with the level of difficulty of these. Fights, right? As has been said, you need that those statistics. If you are going to give us a fight that is multi-phase, that you need DPS checks for certain ports of it. We need to be able to check our own DPS to figure out to yep. to find and workshop what we're doing. Like they would have never gotten through P five if they didn't have a way to go. Oh, you know, I could get another couple of GCDS if I look at my spreadsheet. Yeah, I can move this around. Maybe I could try and get this here. If you don't have that, you are just trial and error 100%. And, and that's not what rating is. It's it's learning from each step. And when you can't learn, what are you going to do? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me to have any DPS checks if you don't want us to know what the DPS is.
0: And then on yeah. top of that, it's like, because you can also look over at World of Warcraft, right? Where mm-hmm. Lithy said we had the Dungeon Journal, we have all of these different tools, and yet these fights are still tough as nails. You still have still a whole team of analysts pouring through the data trying to understand even though we have all the information available to us we still got to get down to that nitty gritty details of what can we do to optimize this better for us mm. let's go check the logs this is why we have all the analysts they even still have spreadsheets what pieces of gear can make potentially a literal make this software engineers
4: yep. working out third party tools in a life environment yeah. during the race to make it easier
0: and part a, and of a, that arms race yeah. yeah and I remember someone was like uh because I was uh, I, wanted, I was like I think an analyst desk would be really good for world of warcraft and they were like but someone, no, in like, yeah, yeah. someone in the chat was like yeah someone in chat was like but the, all the fights are you know they're the Dungeon journal so they don't need it and I'm like they have a team of analysts they have so there's a reason <laughs> why yeah. I was like that's the uh, th- there's a reason why every single guild has an analyst it's because you need them You need to be able to go through that data. You need to be able to understand. It's the understanding, and because that's also kind of part of the fight as well. How we are able to solve this,
2: Mm -hmm. specifically speaking um, in terms of ACT and FF logs, uh, the major argument I think a lot of people in the community give, and we've talked about this five thousand billion times. Oh yeah, (laughs) is that it? It it makes people who don't want to be quote unquote try hard feel feel bad, like they're going to be judged. Mm -hmm. This this program is already here. Everybody is already using it, and if you're being treated badly, I'm really sorry. That, uh, but I don't see that in this community for the most part. It's, yeah. it's already here. It's already happening. And if it's not happening to you, it's, it's not going to happen. And it's are affordable.
3: That, you know, if you yeah, get yes, if exactly. if you get like harassed about it, you can report it, and that is a ban. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these yeah. so are the arguments against this tool in particular, which is yes. like
2: baseline, kind of necessary for this it's they're not good arguments, no.
0: yeah I don't you look at it from the perspective of what third party tools bring to the table, right they bring damage meters they bring mm-hmm. uh d- different ways to be able to play the game, but obviously from the biggest point of view is just the accessibility mm-hmm. ways that you can help players who might be disabled be yeah. able to enjoy the game just that little bit more and to yep. me I think that's I think that's worth bringing in third party tools if someone who absolutely can't play the game at a level that i can or you can or someone who's able can i think that's worth it i think yeah. i think that's i think that's absolutely worth the ability because at the end of the day because here's the thing too when it comes to these kind of communities it's all about how the diversity and representation that we have in each and every single game whether it's world of warcraft whether it's final fantasy 14 overwatch Valorant, whatever it's how can we continue to expand this pool of players so that everyone can be involved. So that way everyone can have a good time and not feel like they're being left out because they just can't do it.
3: Mm -hmm. And it's, it's tough because again, like we're saying in relation to something like the world race, this is different than, you know, do I think every player in the game needs to have a damage meter? And is it okay to feel bad about the idea of if you were forced to use a damage, like if, if you always saw your damage meter? Like, oh my gosh, of course. I I think I would be extremely anxious if at all times in the game I had some kind of running log and everybody could see it. So it's definitely not one of those things where, again, I think that it's a change that needs to be made across the game and everybody needs it to get good and, you know, that kind of mentality, right? But when we are talking about things like this, when we're talking about high-end gaming, um, you know, even just having something like, and wow, where you know, you know, who was the world first on your server because the data is there and it will tell you, like, your guild is world first on this mm-hmm. server for this thing for that thing, right? Yeah. So it creates this this bridge of the gap, especially. I mean, I saw brought up in chat the discussion about console players and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course. Right now, using certain third-party tools, you can still have people keeping track of that, even if you are on console. But having these things in here to make an even playing field, and then for Square Enix, I think, at least for the future of Race to World for specific content, um, and even for the ability to track, broadcast, and use these things, let alone to corral things like this from happening... I do think there have to be lines drawn mm-hmm. and not not like something more than just this, right? Because the answer is not, we will just stop making content like this. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing with, well, people use third-party tools, so now you don't get to use markers in you don't get to switch markers halfway through a fight yeah. because you all get punished and we take something away from you for what was done. And of course, in the sense of something like having Mog Talk, for example, right? The fact that we're now working with sponsors, the fact that we have a prize package that we were able to offer to Kindred, that is huge. And of course, there are terms that can be enforced with that, right? If you want to be a part of this race, you must broadcast, you must Mm -hmm. X, you must Y, which creates parameters and structure. But again, is that on the community? Is that on the players themselves? Yeah. I, I think Square Enix needs to, given like we said, the incredible positive gains that having a televised, well, televised. Oh my gosh, I keep saying that, and I sound so <laughs> old. Having a live streamed experience, or having this kind of massive community event, there has I'm to be something. The
0: radio waves. I'm casting <laughs> the radio
3: right now. Yeah. Um, like, having this kind of event is an incredible boon. But there have to be gu- guidelines. And there yeah. are ways that they can, again, set things up so that, like like everybody was saying, technologically on their end, you can't use dumb stuff that is actually completely nullifying fights. And yeah, even, I, if, wow, I, these third-party tools, like you were saying, they went too far. And then they put something in the game itself so that you couldn't do that thing anymore.
0: <laughs> and, then, and then there's the other thing, right, where Yoshi P stays that... Obviously, Square Enix is able to track this. They're able to see what tools mm-hmm. are being used. And and they understand that. And Yoshi P is like, well, if this keeps going, if people are doing this, then we're just going to not say anything about the race. Which I don't think is actually the right course to take. Mm-hmm. I think I think you actually pivot in the other direction. And you go, if you're actually really serious about this, then you go for the ones that are the legitimate
4: users of how you want your rules to be done. Yeah, but they can't is- verify that. That's their problem. They cannot verify that. Blizzard can verify to a certain extent which team is legit. Okay, it helps that all the top teams are now streaming, right? Yeah. But Square Enix, they are, they're already saying they don't have the tools to even investigate if people are using third party in the first place. Right. Everyone that's getting banned for third party, it's either because it's so invasive that they can actually spot it because it mm-hmm. is interacting changing with uh, the own, the mm-hmm. uh, changing files, interacting with their own server structure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or it is literally people reporting each other. And yeah. that is the only ways, as far as I am aware, that Squenix is at the moment able to ban people for third-party tool usage. And quite quite honestly, that's that's a joke for a
1: tech company on this level. We've been, and we've said it even on this podcast, we've been in this fight club mentality about third-party tools for years. Just don't talk about it. You won't get banned. Don't harass anyone. If you're going to use it, we don't recommend it because you can get banned. Of course, that's still, you can, they just said it, you can, always, there is that chance But since we've been in that fight club mentality, there's nothing that you can do about it, right? Like, there's nothing, at that point, it's only reporting, as you said Like, we have been in this mentality for so long that people have drawn their own lines of what's good and what's bad And and you can't do anything and it's such a it's such a toxic mentality as well, right? Because the mm-hmm. only reason we have stuff like
4: Zoom hacks and Splatoon and mm-hmm. all these cheating tools yes. coming through the grapevine is literally just because everything is banned and no one no one draws a line mm-hmm. on the official side of things as a, towards okay, this is this is okay. These are low invasive or non invasive third party tools that help you play the game mm-hmm. that do not. Assist you in playing the game.
1: Mm. You know, so, uh, right, I want that's someone, a great want
2: point. Go- that that line needs to be there. Yeah, things, yes. things like making your character pretty—it doesn't hurt anybody.
4: Yeah,
5: like, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, things like figuring out what your DPS is, is—it doesn't really hurt anybody as long as you're not a dick about it.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's—I mean, we have this as a whole category, right? Yeah. Is this? I mean, from what we're saying, I feel like this is the case, right? And and you can all mm. please feel free to oppose me if not, but. I mean, from what we gather and from what I'm seeing, these, this gray area, this no Mm -hmm. line, this, we won't come after you. We really don't have a way to track it. So like, hey, I mean, I again, think that some of these tools are necessary for the health, for the longevity, for the diversity, to address player need, even just player Mm self-expression. Right. Mm -hmm. but right now, as it is, it's an all or nothing. It's that yep. war, like you're saying, where it's either if you use anything, you are the worst. So literally anybody who used <laughs> ACT, everyone that competed yep. in this race, all oh, null and void, they, yep. none of them, totally illegitimate. Yep. Or it is, you know, well, some things are fine, but then that line keeps creeping, right? Yeah. What is or isn't fine? Well, if the competitors are using it, then we're all going to use it. Well, if we just hack the game a little bit so that we can zoom out. I mean, we're still playing, right? Yeah. But, you know, I just get to see the arena better, but I'm still controlling Mm -hmm. my character. Like... The impression that I'm getting is that we all agree that without those strong lines, that what is or isn't acceptable tends to be a completely moving target for different groups, their own experience, their own thought, and it does lead to stuff like this.
1: And it hurts the community so much because that is why we have the brigading that we have. And I definitely wanted to talk about this because there's now so many groups that there may or may not be videos about people in the group maybe using tools or even just out of nowhere. And they are just being destroyed in every single place that they are online yeah. constantly. And it's because of this, there's no separation. So when people who don't understand the situation or never involved in it, they go, well, it's said that all of them are bad and you used one. It's bad. So <laughs> you're bad and I should attack you. It's like, we could use some help here. Like we really could use some help.
4: If you wanna, if you wanna, just draw a, a little bit out there, real life world comparison. It's the war on drugs all yeah. over again. <laughs> yeah, you and the solution being... is not to criminalize every single single drug. It's yeah. not helping. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly.
3: It's been so interesting. I mean, even just seeing. Um, I thought this was fascinating. We don't have to go too deep into it. Mm. But this was a JP team, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of pride in the JP community from the impression that I get um, about their mechanical proficiency in mm-hmm. fights. And um, the, this was actually massive, which is also partially what I think led to another statement. Because yeah. we had um, the top trending hashtags on Twitter were all about this hack Mm -hmm. for days. We had a Yahoo News article written about this. We had the Japanese like forms and equivalents and Reddit and everything else just exploding with players expressing their immense frustration and disappointment Mm -hmm. that of all teams, a JP team would be the one that did this. And I mean, of course, I don't think that drawing lines between regions is good, right? No. Like, and especially as NA players, again, too, then we don't want, I mean, for those of us who are, we don't want to be known as like, well, they are the NAs, they're all cheaters over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's normal for them to cheat, whatever, but the <laughs> yeah. Japanese teams. But the Japanese I teams. Dare. Yeah. And that's, but, that's I honestly mean, what it was. That's what yeah, happened. Yeah. It was huge. And, Am I incorrect in remembering this uh, please call me out because I did mm. not make a note about it or or jot it down to verify first I think Unnamed has dissolved because of yes. the public shame I think they they and, like issued a and statement they, they all quit mm-hmm. delete their characters they all quit and delete deleted characters, the characters yeah. mm-hmm.
1: and one of them and you know I'm not going to dox anyone and I would not go into names or anything like that but one of them has been rating in in 14 since the first tier and they are part of the group that help beat it first and in those videos just gonna say you can see act just saying even those videos during bahama you can see those and it's like they've been here they've contributed to the community and yes that is a horrible thing to have done and it wasn't you know like we're not gonna mince words that is over the line no matter what but to feel like from the the blowback to have to delete your character so that no one will ever chase you down is insane that's insane
4: yeah and i'll play i'll play devil's advocate here for Mm -hmm. a second in a sense because i do not think the teams are to blame blame for this Mm -hmm. yes of course you could have not used these tools but as they are all saying it's an arms race we all know it's an arms race we all know that there's a good chance since there is no line drawn what tools are okay, what tools are not okay, mm-hmm. at least mostly. Some you should know that it's not okay, but at the same time yeah. no one is policing it. Like if you wanna legitimately go for world first, there is a certain threshold you need to fulfill to even be in the competition. And mm-hmm. if you don't, then you will never have a chance. And we know how you how normal it is for JP super teams to form Gun a four world first for a tier, and if they don't get it, they just dissolve, and we've seen mm-hmm. that again and again and again, so yep. we know that is the target and it should not be a surprise to us that these people are using all the resources at their availability mm-hmm. and well, obviously it's all third party tools that are against t o s it's just gonna happen, and mm-hmm. I do not blame the I refuse to blame the players, I blame solely almost solely at least square enix for their refusal to police to get involved and just Mm. standing by not doing shit about it ultimately
2: it's it's a huge shame that teams feel like to compete at all Mm -hmm. they have to use the tools that's it Mm -hmm. like like they're saying there's there's no line so you don't know where the other teams are going to stop and if you don't aim for the best you can do with whatever tools are available legal or not you're probably not going to win
1: and that's and, to and, clarify oh go ahead
0: no i was gonna say and let me tell you even with third party tools yelling at me telling me to get out <laughs> of the fire to not do this i am still standing in and i am not
1: getting out of it whatsoever like if wow has shown anything like everybody uses a parser in some way everybody uses deadly boss mods everybody still freaking dies oh. <laughs> like hey hey you gotta you gotta be honest with
4: yourself if you use gtfo in world of warcraft the only people annoyed by it is going to be your stream yep
5: (laughs) yeah
3: it's i mean it is something that has to be more delineated Mm -hmm. at least when it comes to these massive public you know things right i mean it needs to just in general because i think we've seen it enough at this point that like we're all saying you can't just say straight up Never use these. Don't use these. Nobody use them. It's all on you. And, like, if anybody's using them, that's your fault. Because, like, we've seen, my gosh, I just recently installed a bunch of Bioware games to have a good playthrough again. And it was the first thing I did. I was like, I'm a to find mods to make all my characters look yeah. the most beautiful. Somebody say and Skyrim. Like, yes, yeah, Skyrim. Yeah. I mean, like, as it is, we live in a world. All these other companies are fine with it. Yes, yeah. like we live in a world in which these things are used, will be used, and many times. It is times, healthy for
1: the community.
3: Yes, if like you many have a
4: curated t- third-party or add-on community that actively develops mods and uh, the likes. It is healthy for your game. It increases the longevity of your game. It makes it more accessible for people because yes, there is so many accessibility tools that are. Incredibly necessary for Mm. games on this scale to be playable for some people, and that the companies simply do not have the time and Mm. budget and the knowledge to do on their own end. And that is something Square Enix desperately needs to realize that they have a job to do, that they have a tax to pay to. Get this whole thing under control because in the long run, it's going to cost them one way or another. And it's, in my opinion, better to now put in the effort, the time, and the hours that it's not going to be easy. I know that. And they are not in an easy position. And I will never take that away from them because it's it's tough. It's mm-hmm. not easy to be in that position that Square Enix is in right now. But at the same time, if they refuse to do anything about it and keep – the the same train roll the same trolley going down the tracks right now Mm. you have you have to shift the lever you either run over one side or you run the 50 people on the other side right and it's not it's not an easy choice but ultimately i think it's going to be more harmful if you continue with the full-on no third party is allowed we are starting to ban people for it will implement stuff like anti-cheat instead of doing the extra little bit of legwork of curating your community and Mm -hmm. adding in a quote-unquote moderated list of third-party tools that are non-invasive, non-cheating, that Square Enix might even to an extent have some rough control on that the community Mm -hmm. managers can stay in touch with the third-party developers with because I can see how this is one of the major concerns, right? If you allow, if you allow an active third-party developing co- part of your community, there is going to be some idiots, some malicious mm-hmm. uh, spirits in there that I will try to break the game, to do unallowed stuff, to develop cheats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the more you moderate this community, the more you engage with this community, the better, the easier you make it for yourself to ensure that it's not going south. Yeah. And that's the thing though, it's it's already being done, so. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah
5: <laughs> mean, look, at, look at
4: Blizzard, look I at know. Blizzard.
3: Yeah, I mean, there are other companies that are doing this. We actually talked much more in depth on this. We did a huge cast, <laughs> actually when the last big third party tool <laughs> drama happened, we did a massive cast where we broke down here on Right Radio. All the pros, cons of third party tools, games that are using them that we know of that are comparable with fourteen, how they moderate it, how they use those, what the mm-hmm. guidelines are, what I mean, because again, it is not a perfect solution kind of situation, right? Yeah. There is yeah. there is no perfectly ideal situation either way. But of course that you're looking at like what is actually always going to be a constant, what has proven historically to be a constant in these games. And then even when we look at it specifically from this lens of how do we do an engaging, interesting race? How do we get teams that are on the same level and that are competing fairly? How do we determine what is or isn't fair? Mm -hmm. It's a very different thing than the much broader discussion, but it has parts that tie into all the rest of this game, right? So with all of this said, um, because of everything that's happened, it has unfortunately meant that um, the we th- that are a part of the community or, you know, Lithy, Sam, and I mean, obviously behind the scenes with Frosty, coordinating these kinds of events, we have to figure out how do we create something that is um, fair, <laughs> that is mm-hmm. that is is moderated if there are no other, you know, anti-cheats or things like that. How do we, to the best of our abilities, enforce this? And so this did lead Frosty to make a statement for future Mog Talk races. Um, that essentially said that from here on out, the only competitors we will be tracking are the ones that have agreed to be a part of the race officially through Mog Talk um, and that are meeting those thresholds and requirements for streaming and transparency and all of that kind of stuff. And while it is disappointing, because of course, as we've seen, even as casters, right, that no matter how many times you tell the chat or you put up this per- this team, not streaming, not streaming, not streaming, not streaming, like Where, no matter how much GPS? Where's TPS? Is TPS here? Where's it's Neverland streaming? It's like it's like. I'm sorry. That sounds. Like, I'm so sorry. That sounded very. That sounded very spirited. But I, I didn't mean it that yeah. way. It's just. It's just like. There we don't. It, the frustration is not mm-hmm. at those asking those questions. The frustration is at us not being able to provide better answers. It's a because,
1: distraction. It's such a distraction.
3: Yeah. Yes. It. It's tough. Like we wish everybody would just participate um but as it is we are also stuck in a weird rock in a hard place with these kinds of dilemmas and we don't want to be in another position again where we're having to advocate for groups and we don't we can't we cannot take personal responsibility for what they do or don't do and we cannot keep track of them through hearsay and then you know continue to find out down the road that like oh well they cheated again (laughs) you know like whoops it's it's
4: also it's also kind of the difficulty for for frosty and mock talk in general like you want to appease and be in good, in the good graces of Square Enix as much as possible. Like in an ideal case, Mocktalk would cooperate with Square Enix to put this whole thing on, have some official publicity support from Final Fantasy. For example, if we could get the news out that the whole broadcast is happening on the Final Fantasy launcher, that would be massive. That would be absolutely massive. For example, mm-hmm. Blizzard does this with World of Warcraft. That where they give official support to this whole thing, it's not just that the community would benefit it, benefit from it. It's it's a giant marketing thing, of course, first and foremost for them, but it's also a fantastic charity opportunity. And the more we run into troubles like this third party situation, there's there's a reason why the very first thing that I hear from Frosty when drama like this pops up. Oh my God! Not again! This is so bad for the world race. Mm-hmm. Like it actively hurts the world race community that we have all this drama popping yeah. up again and again and again.
0: And this is this is kind of what I wanted to say earlier about with Yoshi P saying uh, that they don't want to congratulate anyone, and and that's what I'm saying. Where you could kind of use what Mog Talk is doing. You have the obviously you might still have some people who are not streaming, you, you still have them using third-party tools, but at the very least, that is the best way that we can go about getting legitimate footage, legitimate racers, and so we can kind of say from Yoshi P, you know, hey, these are the teams that were able to do this, we're going to kind of reward that, but then there's also the issues of, what happens if you're a team that doesn't want to stream? What happens if your team that doesn't want to go about doing this welcome wanting to compete in the race? And so I think for what Frosty's statement is, is that I think it's the best thing that you can do in the situation that you've been put in, right? Everything has to be mm-hmm. done to make sure square enix is happy there's no other there's no there's no ifs ands or buts about that there's no well maybe we no no it's it's it it, if we if we want to be doing this i'm sure and and for as long as we can and especially if we want to get the official like thumbs up uh Mm -hmm. or with square enix involvement or anything like that to make this as appealing as it possibly can be to them there is no other way to go about doing this but with what we have mm
5: -hmm. yeah
4: Uh, something that that I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on. Because what we do need to realize, I think, is that the fact that Square Enix is a Japanese company compared to every other MMO on the market, or at least most of them that are successful, Mm -hmm. like World of Warcraft, Guild Wars 2, etc., etc. Those are Western companies. And I think, or at least that's where where I would love to hear your thoughts on. Mm. How much do you think is this japanese cultural aspect of a company does something so this is our thing don't mess with it this is our Mm. baby the kind of taking the taking this responsibility for a product that they have very Mm. very serious and not letting others mess with it because that can be dangerous and detrimental to the company how much do you guys think is that is something that this cultural aspect brings in into this whole thing I'm not think...
2: sure that that is the case with Square Enix in particular. Um, from my impression, just from, like, playing 11 for so long and skipping over to this game, is they don't know what they're doing. This is this <laughs> is new. This is something that they have to I'm gonna, learn yeah. to can correctly I, manage, and they haven't can, can I go
0: a step further? I don't think Square Enix knows what they're doing at all, like, when it comes to any of their <laughs> video games, like, to be straight up. Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, well,
3: gotta be, I, I gotta great. Let, let's let stick, me, to, let let's me, stick to the Final
4: Fantasy department. Yes. Let yeah.
3: me angle this in a specific direction, which is that obviously Square Enix does a lot of things very well, and we've all fallen in love with their games for a reason, yes. right? But what I think the angle of this is is that particularly when it comes to large-scale international communities, mm-hmm. and it comes to a new, a new horizon, right, where things like live broadcasted events and international community pushes for things like Race to World First. And you tie in the last element, which is a live service ongoing MMORPG or game that has this kind of capability, that is where I think we see that they don't know what they're doing in a sense. Think about the recent releases that have come out that are Square Enix or Japanese title affiliated that are like trying to do co-op or like remote play or like like for years we've witnessed this where some of them actually start getting pretty good and then other ones you're like, I have to do what to play with a <laughs> Okay, wait, hold on. And then I go in that menu and then... But we both have to be on at the exact same Mm -hmm. time. And then we have to... Like, this is something that I do think, Lithy, we have seen even historically with companies like Nintendo, right? Mm -hmm. I do think that what you're saying is not wrong in that there is a different mentality to products being much more of a controlled license underneath a specific direction, which is good in the sense that... Oftentimes that does mean that that vision can be kept intact in ways. But it isn't always good, especially for something like this, where you are appealing to an international base, where you have players who have these capabilities, who have these kind of technologies, and you're trying to keep up with a game and or gaming mentality that is mm. a genre that is so huge and making such massive leaps in such a relatively short amount of time, particularly mm. when it comes to online play, co-op play, um, international audiences, server bases, all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, it is something that I think Japan has struggled with in their own gaming, even as they excel in many other ways. So I do think there's some influence of that in here where, like Zen, you were saying, I think Yoshi P, I think Square Enix wants to be at the forefront of this. But I think one of their big hurdles, even coming off of 1.0, has been how in the world do we make this happen with like our experience base and in a company that's based in Japan and using these kinds of massive service games and MMORPGs, 1.0 was a disaster because of this lack of experience. Here's where I
1: throw them completely under the bus about 1.0. Because not only did they not, like the director at the time said, no, we're not looking at other MMOs for anything like this. He literally took it as a point of pride to not look at and and learn from the rest of this. This is what they said. It's exactly what they said when they were building 1.0, which is one of the reasons why I was a little iffy on it when it started. And then oh, I'm not going to get into the... Yeah, I'm not going to get into the f- fatigue system because if you know 1.0, you know that that is the it's most bad. indicative thing of them not understanding how MMOs work, right? It's just... And with yeah. Yoshi-P, we've seen... An opposite. He has played MMOs. He does understand. I think that's a little bit why we have a softer stance on add-ons in general. I, I can't. I can't say that for sure, but it feels that way. I mean, when 2.0 was announced, in that announcement, they said, "Hey, we're going to also have the UI, you know, so that you can make add-ons." And then it sa- "It has a little blurb underneath. What are add-ons? Add-ons are, you know, like third-party tools made by the community that add mm-hmm. value, like."
5: Where did so, that go?
2: Even if even <laughs> if uh, dear blessed Yoshi P has an idea yeah. of how to handle things, he's still working against uh, chairman
3: NFT. Yeah. So like, what's he going <laughs> to yeah. do against that? <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. Boy. Oh boy. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to ask really fast uh, is, now we've talked about Square Enix getting officially involved because they, in that blog post that Yoshi P even did, said, we are going to be looking internally at this. We're going to be Mm -hmm. looking internally at what it means for us to be involved. So on one hand of the interpretation of this, we have something like Square Enix in some capacity uh, sponsors, endorses, more officially gets involved in such a way that we have more, you know, reinforcement of behavior, authority and incentive for players to sign up for something like Mog Talks Race. Now, the question that I have to ask is do we think that 14 themselves would take it upon themselves to take over this event and insist that they host a race and that they do it however which way they want to do it and how would we feel about that coming from the work and energy that has gone in not that i think this is going to happen but Mm -hmm. i can't help but wonder (laughs) like If that's something that we think they would try to do, much like they host the media tours Mm. and things like that, um, and or if they coordinated it at FanFest, which I actually think it would be great if we had an event like this at FanFest. But again, I I, I can only speak for myself, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts first. Is that something we would want that Square Enix tries to just do this themselves? Or are we hoping, you know, what do we think about this essentially?
4: Sam, I can rant about this for an hour straight. you want to go first? So, okay, I think if Square Enix
0: got involved, that would obviously be really cool, right? We'd all be very incredibly excited to work around with them and to have that opportunity, I think, is the dream of, it. especially as broadcasters speaking from it as a host, a caster, commentator, to be able to say, I've worked with Square Enix. You know, that's a really big thing mm-hmm. to say on your resume. Mm-hmm. Do I think they're going to be a part of it? Hmm. Ah, I don't know about that one. They they've so far it's a lot of we are talking about it, we're saying this, you know, but the track record so far has been a little less than stellar when it comes to Actually doing the Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually doing some things. Because you can say that you're gonna be doing it over and over and over again. And then once you go to that point as well, you start involving yourself with the corporate side of things that I think takes away some of the Sort of uniqueness that you get out of a community run event Mm -hmm. like what we have with Mog Talk, um, and what we have out of that. I think the best thing that could happen is official support from Square Enix, but I don't think them officially running it is Mm -hmm. necessarily the right idea because then you're beholden to Square Enix once specifically, right? You can't have like we probably wouldn't be able to go off on fun tangents about Pilk, or Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to go off on fun tangents about something, 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 um. And then it it just becomes the tight iron grip of uh, Mm -hmm. no, you know, it's got to be focused on the game at all times. It's got to be, you know, blah, blah, blah this, blah, blah, blah that. And Mm -hmm. then it just, it it really sucks the soul out of Mm -hmm. what I think you can get out of an official event. Um, Would I still do it, though? Yeah. Yeah, probably.
5: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for
3: sure. 100%. Please hire us. Uh (laughs)
5: Um,
4: So the way so this is this is a discussion that i'm very familiar with especially because it comes up on the world of warcraft side of things constantly um square enix is never ever going to take over broadcasting for the world first race the uh the only thing they might do is grab frosty and basically the whole mock talk crew and hire them to do the official broadcasts for them and shift everything over onto the official Final Fantasy channels. Mm-hmm. If they don't do that, and they, pre- they they say, okay, we're doing this, we're not grabbing the people running it at the moment, we're doing our own thing, we're bringing in our own people, unless they actually con- go out and contract knowledgeable people about esports broadcasting about broadcasting in general though and those people in return will then come to the mock talk team because we are literally the best people in this community to take care mm-hmm. of this unless they then in return hire us As soon as Square Enix gets involved and wants to take this over, it's going to be the death of the world race. I'm telling you. It is, Mm. at least the broadcasting side, it's going to be dead in the water because it is going to be a logistical nightmare. The broadcast quality is going to take a nosedive to no end, especially because what Sam already brought in, right? You have to consider what Square Enix even needs to do to be able to put on an official world race that is competitive ex- on an acceptable level competitive they need to step in and get the third party tool conversation under control they need to make sh- need to be able to make sure that none of the competitors are cheating they need to mm-hmm. control that no one is doing anything with third party stuff they need to be able to double check that everyone is adhering to tos without the word of mouth or the just well i'm giving you my word that i'm not cheating mm kind of angle. On top of that, they need to... Okay, that's not... That's that's an issue with World of Warcraft because we don't have a simultaneous global release. We do have that yeah. in Final Fantasy. But we still need to take care of all the other things that could in any way, shape, or form influence a difference in performance between the other teams. There's things like ping. There's mm-hmm. things like uh, just... In general, performance of different computer systems, be it uh, if you look at uh, desktop PCs or consoles, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like equaling the playing field is the biggest job you'd have as the game developer running an official event like this. And for an MMO, this is basically impossible unless you grab a and an astronomical amount of money and resources that you can dedicate to this whole project. And that is not worth it because ultimately, what is the world race? It's marketing. It is Mm -hmm. marketing and a little bit of community management and building. This is not bringing in massive amounts of money unless you get sponsors involved, which Mm -hmm. they could do. But then again, as mentioned, the amount of money they'd have to invest to make it worthwhile and proper on their end to run an event like this is mind boggling because yeah. if you consider what and I, a good budget for a mock talk to be able to pay everyone and bring in some cool stuff and do everything i can tell you off the top of my head we'd roughly need a budget of forty thousand dollars to forty to fifty thousand dollars to pay every single person involved the rate they deserve Mm. And do all the other stuff around the whole race, and that is just a community-run event. If you consider all the other stuff, you can you can immediately tell this is easily a six-figure sum of investment they need to do to get a world race running on their end. If not, mm. even way more because they do have higher costs with dev time, etc., 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 cetera So, while I can understand that they want to say we take this under control, we'll take the lead on this. If if it goes even worse, they're never gonna do it. It's not worth it. It's not a good business decision. Yeah.
1: Even building the scaffolding to then build the system that they would need of the people. It's just it's yes. it's too much. And one of the things that I totally agree. It'll never happen. One of the reasons that I think so is because just look to the recent surge in Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm. That was the hugest marketing push that they should have done. They didn't do anything. They didn't interact with the community, who was getting more people to play with our memes, and do that. They did (laughs) give us a free, you know, like trial weekends and, and, you know, like return weekend, and then they had to shut it down because there were too
4: many players.
1: (laughs) Exactly, selling
5: copies of the game. Right.
1: So,
0: and then, mm -hmm. well, you can also look too at even how other esports, when the official uh, developer is involved in it, and sometimes the giant shit shows that come out Mm -hmm. of developers who have been doing this for years. Let's (laughs) not even talk about what's been happening with League of Legends, right? What they've been doing over there with their broadcast decisions, or with Blizzard and how they handled Overwatch, the entire Mm. franchising debacle. Can
4: we please please not talk about it? I'm getting mad already. (laughs) (laughs) And just how...
0: And and, and with Square Enix, with no esports experience whatsoever to try and run an event, right? At the level that it deserves
4: is just not going to be possible. Sure. I don't I don't they're trying their they're trying their best and they're trying so hard with the crystalline conflict community cups but yeah. even there even though the community seemed, I love those people to death, right? They are amazing, but at the same time you can tell they have no experience with broadcasting. Maybe a little bit, but the whole running the tournament and how everything is organized, etc. because I was I was involved with the with the um European crystalline conflict community cup and i got a peek behind the curtain and how everything is going on and there is a lot they could optimize on that end and they know they can because they don't really have the experience but Mm -hmm. they are trying incredibly hard and if they if they they, they, like if they actually put their mind to it with the people they have especially on the english community team i think they could do some incredible things
2: oh
5: they could sort of yeah
2: to put a, like, a positive spin on on uh, the community team, yeah. they're they're all wonderful people, and oh, if, they are so wonderful. Yes. And even if I feel like, at least for the NA team, I can't speak for the other teams, but the NA team in particular, from my experience, uh, to to bring it back around to World First, I feel like they know a lot of the people, the streamers in the community, and would probably reach out if if the responsibility fell on their shoulders,
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and if they were I empowered think, to do so, yes. You know?
2: Yeah. I think the
0: best way that Square Enix could make this work, and the easiest way possible, is to go, is, is to just let it the the World Racer charity uh, done by Mog Talk with in, in association with Square Enix or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Just slap their give name Ross on the it. Give
4: Frosty money and let him do his thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just give Frosty money. That's it. You're done. Because I think I, there's with the way that this last World Race was running, and the way that thing they've been running since then, there's not much you can do that Frosty and the team behind Mog Talk has been able to do. It's pretty – like, obviously, with more money, it can be (laughs) – you could do a lot more. Um, Pay me. Um, (laughs) But obviously, with more money, you're able to do more things, and then you just slap your name on it. Boom! There you go. Done. Square Enix is officially involved. Everybody's happy. We get a fun race. That's it. They don't need to do anything. Yeah, and I mean –
3: I I was just say, I know that like Frosty would love to even make it more international, right? You know, like even having, you know, a a teams worldwide or even having Japanese simulcast or or whatever we like, whatever could happen. But of course, again, that takes money. That takes a lot Mm -hmm. of other resources um, and a lot of planning. So, I mean, it's amazing because I think there is so much potential for the race. And I agree. I hope that um, I, I mean, all things point towards. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say because it,
0: it, it's such a great easy, it's the easiest marketing tool ever. Yeah, it absolutely. really is. I mean, yeah. the racing world first Echo was pulling in over a hundred thousand viewers when they're getting on one of their kills the right. Month of yeah.
4: December, if you look at the statistics for Twitch, the top five was all bio WoW streamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all or race, the guilds. Yeah, For yeah. Well, the it, whole it, platform.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and you look at that and it's like, Blizzard's like, all right, well, we just got a free, we just got the best advertising in the world. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to do anything. Nothing. We literally do nothing. <laughs> and we get the best advertising in the world. And all we have to do is just say, congratulations, Echo. Congratulations, Liquid. That's it. Put them on the launcher mm-hmm. here, you know. Yeah. yeah,
5: yeah a yeah. little
4: bit of a good website.
0: And meanwhile, they're also it, it's even more genius too because they're raking in so much money from the guild spending all the money on wild WoW tokens yeah, <laughs>
3: not, to mention, not to mention the players that come in because they see this kind of event and they get <laughs> excited they get hyped about it, they resub yeah, or they sub, sub for the first like so. time, or yeah, mm. I mean there's there's so much that these events bring in that are so good, and I mean, like you said, I don't think. We will see. Given the other things that they do and other, you know, um, events that we've seen uh, that take huge, you know, amounts of resources from them, I don't think we're going to see them hosting some kind of in-person race. I mean, how would you even coordinate all the content releases around that? You know, again, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's not logistical. But I mean, it's something where I think having that conversation is is good because as we talk about it in this way, I mean, empowering what's already working, what's here, I think is so important, and it it would be so exciting uh, to see them do that. And already having a little bit more legitimacy with having an official sponsor showing, like we were saying, that as a broadcast, as an event, the race can offer professionalism. It can offer, uh, you know, a a positive energy in the community. It can offer um, more legitimacy behind these kinds of competitions and clears, as well as, you know, being able to adhere to something like a sponsor's guidelines Mm -hmm. or appropriate Mm -hmm. content parameters or stuff like that, right? We, we don't think about the side of how even sponsorships make that more legitimate, but as Square Enix looks forward to this, I mean, uh, and maybe getting involved or maybe getting into this in some way, shape, or form, um, I mean, I think that even just having had this Corsair sponsorship recently can show, hey, it's not just a bunch of us sitting around, like, mm. drinking beer and <laughs> crapping on all the tea. <laughs> yeah,
5: exactly. Like,
3: oh, like it's it's a real he professional said, thing that you might want to be affiliated with. He yeah. said uh, it, it brings up a level of positivity to it. And I think
2: that's absolutely just, like, almost a bottom line thing there. Because even in the wake of all of the negative crap that came from the the reveals of all the cheats, like, it stayed positive in the community partially because of the world race you guys were running.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
2: yeah. I and mean,
0: then too, you think about it, like, like, like sponsors now, especially Corsair has to be happy about it because now they have been, their name is now attached to a, a, a production that just raised $56,000 for charity. Yep. And um, dodged the whole drama.
5: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and
0: dodged the whole drama, which is unbelievable. That has to be something that you look at as a sponsor. And not only that, but that sponsor was in front of Ten thousand eyes, or twenty thousand eyes, technically math. But um,
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in front of ten thousand people, or or at the very least, like an average of six seven k a day. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you gotta think about that, and then being able to use the affiliate codes and whatnot, being able to drum up sponsorship for them, drum up advertisement for them, because that's where it really all comes back to is just advertising. Being able to show off the cool products that Corsair has. Um, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if we do see maybe yeah. some more sponsors down the road for mm-hmm. frosty
4: at least at the very least that's what i'm hoping for too uh, we'll be and more working, free stuff we'll be working hard to get that going um and of course something that we've not really talked about uh, in regards to the world race right it's not just a broadcast for the rating and breaking down the rating and all the stuff we do our best to bring in a bunch of people from the community and showcase the community as well right we do try to do the music segments content lore segments with the content creators and stuff like that and there is some ideas that uh, that i recently had that we recently had that we want to work on that we want to get going for the next races and see what we can do there so Let's have a trivia game show. I think that'd be fun. (laughs)
3: Ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, that was the perfect transition, Lefe, because, I mean, of course, we want to end this whole conversation on a positive note. Mm -hmm. The actual Mog Talk race was... So positive, so uplifting, so wonderful, and a ton of fun for the community. Like we said, we raised $56,000 for charity, which is absolutely buck wild, let alone all the other just support, energy, viewership, and community involvement that was had. I mean, again, um, to correct myself from earlier as well, Kindred taking it home from our stream teams and getting that incredible (laughs) reward from Corsair, um, which does, again, incentivize more and more teams to be a part of this and to make it something greater, all of which is so exciting for the future. And um, with what you were saying, Lithi, I mean, let's talk a little bit here, just real fast as we wrap up and we head towards the end of the podcast about what's ahead for the race to world first. So what do we have coming up? What are we going to be doing? And are you both excited? Is it going to be bigger and better than ever? What is the future of the world race have in store?
4: Bigger... Ah, oh, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> the next the next few races are savage, so the scope definitely is scaled back a little bit but latest point the next ultimate is where we're gonna absolutely annihilate everything um it's gonna be fantastic no, but it's always our goal improve the broadcast every single time make it better make it more entertaining make it more worthwhile for everyone watching so that's definitely what we will continue to chase We'll try to up the production quality to up the quality of the casting. Just improve where we can, and of course, uh, I think that is something we'll post in the next few days as well. We'll be looking for feedback from the community. I'm pretty sure we'll uh, throw out a, for, a Google form or something like that on social media, on Twitter, uh, to look for your feedback. What you guys were thought were gr- was great about the broadcast. What you thought was bad about the broadcast. I've already heard that Pilk was a little bit overdrummed uh, <laughs> over the course of the event. Ultimately, but. It's stuff like that that we need to know to improve and that is what we will chase going into the next races and we are super super excited to just keep going with it as long as we can do it.
3: Yeah. And Sam, are you excited about the next race?
4: Mm. Yeah, I'm very
3: excited.
0: <laughs> I mean, Frosty called me dumb, so it's kind of hard to get excited about anything anymore. <laughs> hard to get happy about life anyway. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. No, I, I always love... I, I mean, it's just the... First of all, the caster inside of me just wants to do everything I possibly can, right? Uh, and then especially after this one, it's just magnified ten times. Like, after this one... After this race concluded that uh, and and I was able to rest up, gather my thoughts, that was when I was like, All right, it's time to start putting the pedal to the metal with everything else that I want to do. Cause I, I loved what happened here and I want to continue being a part of it as much as I can and I've started playing Final Fantasy fourteen again for you know, just because well I can't play WoW, but you know um <laughs> yeah. But it's all I, right. I just because <laughs> just that's the fun. only
3: reason we're going <laughs> to suck you into this game, Sam, whether you like it or not.
0: It's happen. <laughs> I love it I mean, I've been having a great time with it so far, and obviously, you know, there's fan fest to look forward to, uh, whether it's mm-hmm. Vegas or London. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different things going on in the community, but the I think the world races hold just a special place in the community in in, in what the community needs, kind of like a, a thing to get excited for, mm-hmm. a thing to look forward to, and and something that I, I absolutely uh, uh, let me in, just let me do it.
3: <laughs> I agree. I am so pumped. I'm so ready. I'm so excited. This last one was phenomenal. And while Savage is going to be a slightly different beast, it does still mean that we just get to condense all that fun into an even shorter time frame mm-hmm. and have a great time with it. Um, and I think in many ways, it's nice to have the kind of shorter events in between the really long ones because and get some asleep. sleep. yeah, you get some sleep. You Mm -hmm. get to have a little hype. And then you get to see a lot of progress made. And uh, I think it's really, really... You feel so excited because of that, right? You get to really watch that. And that race Mm -hmm. feels that much quicker off the starting line. So um, I think it's going to be great. And I can't wait to hopefully cast it with both of you. And Zen and Aldino, I hope you'll be tuned in. uh, in Oh, certainly.
5: (laughs) I don't like spoilers. Okay, all right.
4: (laughs) If you guys want to get on the casting team, just let me know you know i
2: thought you would... said it was full <laughs> we're
1: never we're never full we're never full
5: Lucy, <laughs> we'll that was perfect
1: i do yeah. a lot of stuff for film anyway but when i get home i'm done i'm done <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm so done by that point i've been Relief. streaming all day anyway just not yep. someone publicly.
2: earlier mentioned uh that for the next uh any sort of race they would need mm-hmm. for rook to do uh, a ted talk on swords
5: oh I think,
2: I, I think i'd make a pretty good addition to that oh, TED yeah, talk that's to true say.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: okay it's stage well, stage combat mind. theatricality through combat that i can do just swords oh, might be yes. a <laughs> can... well, yes.
0: rook if we're but... ever at fan fest vegas now i know what we need to do we need to have a theatrical sword fight <laughs> uh, yeah
3: are you trained sam or just an enthusiast
0: just an enthusiast.
3: Okay, alright. All right, all right. Meanwhile, um, as you know, I am actually trained in I know. really killing people. You are? Well, in in actually <laughs> killing people are in fencing.
2: You defensing, right? No, like
3: actually killing people. Okay, so Nita, we're gonna have more of a conversation about your path Assassin backstory no. <laughs> later. But... I gotta
0: go. I gotta go. I gotta get out of
3: But it's
1: a dangerous place, the... this podcast. <laughs>
3: Let me ask, since you kindly tossed the question out, yes. yes. For anybody else who might listen, who might want to be involved in future races or help out to make it, uh, you know, a better event, uh, or offer their time even just for moderating the chat, et cetera, et cetera, um, how can they do that? What they, sh- uh, what should they keep an eye out for?
4: Keep an eye out for the mock talk Twitter. We'll definitely do another call to action, so to say. Um, we did this before this race uh, Google form where you can just apply as. Whatever you want to do, really, be it casting, uh, commentary, uh, moderation, arts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc., etc. Uh, if you want to get involved with any of that, you can definitely offer yourself up. Um, for casting in particular, uh, well, currently I'm the talent manager for the whole thing, so shoot me a message, basically. Discord, Twitter, my DMs are open. Uh, just look for me, find me, shoot me a message, and we can talk. Excellent.
2: All right, hey. we're gonna we're gonna do that thing where we tell you where you can find us. Now I'm gonna press a button and hopefully it works. Hell yeah! It did, and Yay. we're gonna miss Rook for a little bit, but she's still here in our hearts and in our minds.
3: Oh, wow. uh, anyway,
2: uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Znider underscore A. You can find me on Twitch at Stryb- Strawberry Bop sometimes, but more often you can find me on both Twi- uh, Twitch and YouTube at Plus One Shot. Uh, plus the word, won the number, shot the word. The word. Twitch has underscores. YouTube does not. I'm super organized. Uh, that is a D and D podcast that I do with my beautiful friend Aldino here and a bunch of our other friends tonight at probably 11 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do our D and Diablo show, which follows uh, Diablo, and we're like maybe halfway through Diablo two right now. It's just it's a lot of fun. Mm. Charles, where can they find
1: you? Here and only here. Forever. That's easy. That's, yeah. No. <laughs> and Especially
5: plus, people.
1: yeah, that's, that's it. You know, I, I don't really stream. I'm on this podcast, and I'm on uh, Plus One Shot. Now, we do have a Final Fantasy 14 themed D and D game that's that true. we will get back to on the show one of these days soon. I know it, it will happen very soon. Maybe not very very soon, but soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that that is where you can find me.
2: All right. Rook, where can we find you?
3: Yeah, you can find me on Twitch at Rookery, that's R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find me on YouTube, where I put all my other content and additional stuff, as well as playthroughs, reactions, and lore, uh, both for Final Fantasy XIV and Guild Wars 2. And then you can find me on Twitter at Rookery underscore, so you have to add that little bit on the end, but Rookery underscore. Um, Otherwise, if I'm not on any of those, I'm probably on either this podcast or the Lightbringers podcast at Unity on Fridays. Uh, Yep. If I'm not streaming myself, I'm probably podcasting. If I'm not doing any of that, I'm probably in a race to world (laughs) first. We keep it we keep it lively.
2: All right, you, all you, you can't see me anymore because I changed the screen. Can find us. Contact wise, uh, Aetherite Radio at Gamerscape.com. We have an email. That's what that is. Uh, we also are Ooh. on Twitter at Aetherite Radio. And Gamerscape, the lovely website that we work for and has a beautiful wiki that you can find all the super cool Final Fantasy fourteen facts on. Uh, We have a Twitter, uh, Twitch, uh, YouTube, and Facebook, and they're all Gamerscape, as you might imagine. And we have a Discord, discord.gg slash Gamerscape, and there's a bunch of channels there about video games, about Final Fantasy XIV, about this podcast, if you want to come talk to us about stuff. And, as I've hoped you all noticed, during the course of this show, we have some really cool, great guests. Uh, Where can we find you guys?
4: Yeah, Livy? Me too. Me first. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, for for me, it's a lot easier. You can find me on Twitch at Lithi, uh, just the same as spelled below me here, and on Twitter it is Lithiara. So just uh, add an ara behind that because Lithi has been uh, used and inactive for the eleven years now. Oh. Great times. Yeah. But yeah, no. I do a lot of I do a lot of esports casting. Um, you'll definitely be able to keep up to date with that on my Twitter. And other than that, I stream games, Final Fantasy, some World of Warcraft, and whatever the f- whatever the hell I feel like playing right now.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I'm Sam Talks. You can find me Twitch.tv/samtalks. Uh, Twitter is SamTalksTV because kind of like Lethy, it's you know all tied up in red tape bureaucracy, so can't get to it. I'm also an esports commentator, uh, so hire me.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Same. (laughs) Good.
2: All right. Once again, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a great show. I think Mm -hmm. we got through it without too much negativity.
3: (laughs) It got spicy in the spicy section. But yeah, it was expected and it needed some spice. So. Yeah. It's not contained. negative, just spicy. I like that.
0: Yeah. Spice it up.
2: As always, thank you everybody in chat who hung out and talked to us. It's always great to see you guys. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, Fruity. Yeah, we'll be here with Fisher Fruity. Yeah. We're going to talk about some fish stuff. So get ready for the fish puns, you guys. You know they're coming. But with that, we will bid you adieu and probably
3: go feed ourselves. I so bet we're all wrong. Yeah. Bye.
0: I'm a little hungry.
3: <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.